0: Welcome to the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, October the 22nd. My name is Joey Mills, and... I watched Halloween Kills last weekend. Did you get a chance to watch it? No, not yet. <laughs> Did you get a chance? To, you didn't. Did you watch it? No, uh, I do, I I do want had, to watch it, though. Yeah, I didn't think you had or I'd have seen it on social media. Uh, yeah, so apparently the discussion on social media is it's either the greatest thing ever, which it's not, <laughs> or it's the worst thing ever, and it's not. <laughs> there's no middle ground, or there's very little middle ground where people can say, I enjoyed it, it had issues, but it was fun, yeah. which is where I kind of fall in it. I was like, oh, that was cool. But, yeah, it's not the best thing ever. And, no, it's not a perfect movie. There are issues galore in it. it but. Is it better or worse than the Rob Zombie Halloween's? Uh, I'm not a huge Rob Zombie fan. And when I do like his work, it's when he does something original. I didn't really care for his Halloween movies because I felt like they were just wildly too different from what had come before. Everybody was a redneck. Uh, among other things, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wasn't the, the hugest fan of the Rod Zombie ones. Um, so I think it's better than those. It's clearly not as good as the original. That's kind of the right. high water mark. It's not as good as the 2018 version. It um, the 2018 version was very much here's the trauma that one family's had to live with for 40 years, and this one is like kind of backseats that. And in favor of, here's the trauma this town has had to live with for the past forty years, which is a cool premise, and that stuff I thought was okay. But then there were other things that were just like, this thing's just not coming together. <laughs> it's not it's just not coming together as well as other stuff. The kills are what they are. You know, the kills are Michael Myers kills, and there are some cool, fun side characters that you know. <laughs> It's unfortunate that they don't all make it. <laughs> They're the end of the movie and then there are some supporting characters that come back and it, it's you know it does some stuff with them that's you know not necessarily what everybody expected but um I I thought it was fun to watch. It's worth watching once at least, you know. Okay. That's my thought on it, my take. I tried to rewatch the Rob Zombie
1: Halloween 2. Ooh, yeah. And I, for (laughs) some reason, remember that movie being better than what it actually is. It's not great. It doesn't hold up well. It's terrible. (laughs) I mean, I never really cared for his first one, but I always... Thought that the second one was better, and I was wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah. It, it it takes some swings; it doesn't always connect with the ball.
2: Yeah. Uh, he's already catching hell for the casting. Of,
0: oh, the monsters stuff. Yeah, I think I dig it, but whatever.
2: I I like. I think they look great, but everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, well, surprised Who they put, who he put his wife in? You know what part? <laughs> it's like, what
0: do you expect? <laughs> we all knew that was. Have happening. you seen any of his <laughs> other stuff? <laughs> Just asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me this week on the show, the voices you hear with. Me are Kato. And you are. Did you catch the finale of Only Murders in the Building? I are did. All caught up? good. what you all
2: think? Oh my God. Loved ready for it. A second season? <laughs> I am so ready. And it, it's so funny because the last moment goes back to something earlier yeah. in the show that I was like, Oh, yeah. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That's so, awesome.
0: Yeah, that rave reviews all yes. over the place.
2: Uh, if, if I, I talk about it on here all the time, but if you haven't seen it, go watch it, because Martin Short and Steve Martin are amazing, and <laughs> Selena Gomez is uh, amazing, and it just her kind of that a millennial part that yeah, she's yeah. playing, she plays it so well, and uh, all the supporting people
0: in it, ah, uh, so good. Awesome, and... Across from Kenny. Next, Kenny, I got you in your mouth full. Go ahead. Hey, what's up? It's Curtis here.
2: Curtis having Pringles Day.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a noisy bag today. No, you got a can. Just a noisy chip. One of these days, you come in like, I just got soup. I certainly can't make any noise with soup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't
2: Clinging the spoon against the bowl. We're like, oh my God.
0: Nah. Also, what have you been up to,
1: Curtis? Uh, let's see. I just got back from the Yo Show. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. What 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 what,
0: happened, <laughs> okay. what wrong turn did you take in your life to end up in Neosho? show? I, I was real born quick before
2: this though.
0: There.
2: <laughs> we were going and uh we were going down Joplin and my daughter was with me and we were going to uh do something and she looks up and she's like, "Oh, look, it's no call neo show." <laughs> I was like I looked over and for some reason it just hit me funny and I laughed for like 15 <laughs> minutes. I was like I have been in that town a dozen times and seen that site. I never thought of that joke. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah it's funny. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, my uh, dad. My dad had a birthday, so I went Uh-oh. to see. That's see, better uh, than not having birthdays anymore. Yeah, it's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: guess it's a good reason to go to New York. Yeah, my yeah, family don't yeah. have birthdays
2: anymore. They're all gone. <laughs> yeah. It was
1: funny. I was riding around with Brad afterwards, and we're we were like going through certain parts of town to head back to our mom's, so I could get in my car and get the fuck out of town.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go he played his car I, or he played it early this morning I did. <laughs> Wow.
1: and i'm just like man i hate this town and he's like yeah i know
2: <laughs> i live here still <laughs> i give that guy. away I'll, I'll come down <laughs> here and i'll drive around just to see what's changed and stuff and the only thing that gets me is the traffic yeah the traffic in this town has gotten Stupid. ridiculous oh i was like oh god i could not live here again
1: but yeah um what else did i do yeah, I uh, tr- like I said, I tried to watch uh, Halloween 2. I watched a few Halloween stuff while to I was... To kind of get in the mood. S- that, because I was stuck in Bolivar, near Bolivar for a right, while. A so a house sitting. You know, and I didn't watch any of the good Halloween <laughs> stuff. I, I watched <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell. That's not Halloween you know. at <laughs> all. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, you know? Uh, that one was a movie that scared me when I was a kid, but no, no, not anymore. No, it's, it's it. very
0: hokey. Is that the one that starts off where they dig him up and the lightning strikes?
1: The no. B- no, this is the one where they the FBI blows him to bits, and then like a coroner eats his heart later okay, in the yeah, morgue,
0: yeah, yeah. and then there's ah, like a parasite. Yeah, they, all, they all run together. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was. It's weird and interesting. I did yeah. that. I how are you doing with your creep show watch? I haven't caught up on it yet. I that's what I plan to do afterwards because I've been eagerly awaiting that when I on my drive down to Neosho just to put it on the background and kind of just see what the controversy was. I listened to the Dave Chappelle (laughs) thing. Yeah, Yeah, it (laughs) was like I would never have made those jokes on a stage. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to like condemn him for it because there was a theme. Right, right. And he was con- I, he, yeah, he, was, he, was he was connecting dots within his connecting yeah. dots. He was meaning well. He—he he ended on I don't kind know of that he
0: was meaning well, <laughs>
1: like, in a way he was like he ended it on a downer, like talking about his trans friend that killed herself, right. which was kind of heartbreaking. Like it kind of, I was like, oh, ooh, yeah, okay. It's not his funniest special by any means, no. not at all. But um, I don't know. Like I get why people are pissed though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, his comedy's
0: taken a bit of a bitter turn lately. Yeah. Even yeah. after people keep throwing money at him for the funny thing he did for five years in yeah. the middle of the you know late nineties, early two thousands or whenever it aired, but it's like he's just kind of gotten bitter old man about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his That's not so fun. Not funny.
2: You spend all his latest like past three, four whatever specials, is, yeah. specials you know, you just like Ha <laughs> ha! Am I? Do I laugh here? I'm not. I'm not comfortable. I could imagine what it'd be like
0: live. Yeah, because yeah. you
2: hear it in the crowd, you know, and they're kind of. <laughs> and there's
0: there's there is a you know there's something to be said for specials and shows that make you uncomfortable to have to face things, but typically not billed as a comedy special I right. mean, the that's, hannah gadsby thing was kind of it's not a comedy oh. special it's a you know so that's i think i think that's part of the disconnect is because he's a comedian and you're billing these things as hey it's a comedy special because you want people it, to watch them because yeah. subscribers uh,
1: it was definitely the most like here's my point of view on something yeah heavy like it was yeah yeah like I've seen like almost every one of his specials and this one, I'm, I, there was a lot more silence for me. Yeah. I mean, there was more laughter towards the beginning, a little bit towards the end, but like that whole middle, it's like, <laughs> She's like,
0: wow. Yeah.
1: Like there's a couple things that were humorous, but the rest of it, it was just like, it was a lecture yeah. at, at the same time while throwing in jokes that were very blue. Yeah. Yeah, it so. gets you
2: to the point where, like uh, me, anyways, where I'm watching them and I'm almost to the point of turn it off. Not because I'm offended, not because I'm whatever. Because you're bored. It's like <laughs> not entertaining. I want to laugh. Yeah, and that's what I come here for. And then he kind of brings it home, and right. you're like, okay, that was another few seconds, I'm <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I think this week's creep show, I think is the one, that. There was the there was, a, was supposed to be a, a half an episode because they do two they pair them up. Uh, there was supposed to be half an episode that involved Marilyn Manson, mm. and then that got pulled earlier this year um, when stuff resurfaced um, with him. And so there's an animated back half of this week's episode, and I wonder if that animated piece and the animation, it's very it's stylized. Um, but it looks like it was probably put together pretty quick. <laughs> I wonder if that is the piece that they plugged in to fill that hole. Um, the, the, you know, the story's fun and fine, and maybe it's the same that they had filmed live action. Maybe it's not. Maybe they pulled a different one. But
1: was I he don't. was
0: he such a big part of it they couldn't just go back? I don't and reshoot know. It? I, that's what I'm thinking. Like if if they had if he had been in this one, what role might he have played? And if so, the reshoots probably getting everybody together. Probably having to rebuild those sets because I doubt they keep those sets from you know they they shoot the mini and then they dismantle it and right. build the next one. <clears throat> So it probably would have been cost prohibitive if that if this is the one. But then part of me is like, I don't necessarily know that there's any, any one character in this where I think like, oh, obviously that was the character they had for him. Which is sad because all of that stuff that's going through your head as you're watching is taking away from the fact that this is kind of a fun little episode, you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that all that happened and it kind of left those questions over this week's, back half of this week's. It may but it's have fun. been like it's good.
2: his uh, appearance in the... Uh, uh, Oh my god, my brain just <laughs> I saw it leave it. I saw uh, I saw the light in your sounds, eyes. You're like, Hey, that's kinda American. like and then you just no. kinda the
0: sadness of oh I don't have
2: it. <laughs> I know. The Oh Talk about God. Manson, right? <clears throat> yeah, from uh, that Star show that I watched, the gods one. Yeah, uh, American Gods. American Gods, yeah, thank you. God. New Gods was what yeah. was going through my head. American Gods. Uh, that episode that he was in, he he wasn't in a lot of it, but he was in key points yeah. of it that I could see, like, if that if they were affected by that, they would have to scrap damn near the whole episode yeah. just because
0: of that. Yeah. So that's what's going on. Uh, Dusty's not here with us this week. Our other co host, who typically joins us, he's out hunting bears today. You heard that right. Uh, yeah. He's hunting, <laughs> hunting. Oh, my God. Bears, bears
1: driving. How can I be?
0: Yeah. Leave the fat gay man alone. <laughs> no, no. Wrong
2: bears. Oh. Yeah. He, uh, we love I, them. Yeah. No, he's, he's out on <laughs> a bear. Come on. Night. We just talked about Chappelle, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, come, come
0: on. So, I think they know what they are. They're totally cool with it. <laughs> so I'm sure he'll have. Uh, I'm going to guess he has no stories to tell us next week when he rejoins us simply because he's has not gotten a bear. I think they've killed like five so far in the state. So, uh, so. Oh, that's
2: right. we got a bear problem. I totally forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, yeah, it's been paying, a while
0: since Were they paying him to do that? No, they, they uh, allowed a small number. I think 200. It was like a lottery system. If you wanted to go hunt a bear, you put your name in the hat, and it was like they pulled out like 200, but I think out of that 200... People that could buy a tag to kill a bear, I think they've also limited it down. So, really, there's 200, but it's kind of a first-come, 1st first serve. It's only, like, the first 20 that get killed, and then they shut it down. Okay. And I think uh, they're at, like, five, like I said. So, and it's been going since the start of the week. They've so. had a couple signings over uh oh, there's Greenfield, signings all over the place. Just so. nobody's able to... Find one when it's time to kill one.
2: Yeah, my... uh, You
0: have better luck, like, hitting it with your car going through town than you do actually hunting one at this point, I think.
2: Yeah, my in-laws found some tracks on their property over there, so...
0: They're all over. They're getting thick.
2: I mean, got a bear problem.
0: Yeah. Have a bear problem.
2: Well, Thanks. it's funny because you'll watch some of these people that <laughs> are up for the like, picnic of baskets. Either. They're <laughs> these big, tough hunters and stuff like that, and they'll be like in their perches or whatever, and like a bird <laughs> I think will, they're called tree
0: stands, but well, yeah. we'll go with perches. I like that better. Perches. That's <laughs> their what crow's I, nest. That's yeah. what
2: I call, like to call them, but uh, like a bear will come up and like climb the tree yeah. and be like, what's up, buddy? Yeah. And they're like- pissing themselves <laughs> yeah. i'm like ooh, big tough hunter
0: what, what's what's wrong what's going on yeah black bears can be dangerous <laughs> but if they come upon you it's more like a like a dog Good. Like, hey, what's going on? Got any food up good. here? Nope. I, I'm out. I'm out. See, <laughs> I, I, I smell the uh, can of Pringles you got in your pocket for <laughs> when you get hungry later. You want to share them? <clears> That's so pizza. <laughs> mm, pizza flavored Pringles. I haven't I had, had one. that one. Well, I want to thank my co-hosts who are here for being here today. Thank everybody for listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you're catching us. We have got a great show for you this week. We have put together a panel of experts to draft the movies that get them in the Halloween spirit. We're going to talk more about that a little bit later on. Plus, we got a brand new pop quiz, all that's new and newsworthy in entertainment and pop culture. And we're going to start it off with our look at the top five stories in entertainment and pop culture this week. Are we going to be excited about number five? Let's start off with some excitement with number five. How have we got it?
3: Number five.
0: <laughs> number five. <laughs> that guy's really excited about number five. Uh, number five, the IATSE, which is not Yahtzee, the mm-hmm. International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees Re- Reached a tentative new deal on a film and television contract on Sunday, last Sunday, ahead of the strike that was planned for Monday, which would have started earlier this week, that would have completely brought production to a standstill across the industry, film, television, everything.
3: Oh, wow. Uh,
0: The basic agreement is a three-year deal that goes out to the union members to vote on. Um, There is some question as to whether or not the union members will actually take this deal. Many have taken to social media to... Protest that the basic agreement does not go far enough towards addressing the issues that they have brought up, uh, including low pay, long hours, quality of life issues uh, that the union is, like I said, ready to, to strike for. Um, things like you can't give a, make us work 16 hours and then juggle things so that it's like it's only one day but you're working 16 hours and then technically the next day starts and not giving people a chance to drive home get eight Uh, hours of sleep come back to work um again after working 16 hours on film and television production um it's not necessarily safe to drive home uh, for some folks yeah Uh, things like a pay raise i think they were looking for a five percent pay raise this new agreement doesn't quite give them that i think it's like three percent so um the 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 union members the union leaders have said look we got a better deal here than what we've got the union members have said yeah that's not what we asked for so strike averted for now the story's not over um we'll see the fight continues on for these folks curtis you've done some production not as a union not as a yeah it's a yeah. like
1: small shorts i mean i've been on set for i don't know if it was quite 16 hours but you know it was pretty close yeah and um I mean, I sat around for, like, an entire
0: day just to, like, shoot 10 minutes yeah. at the end of the night. And a lot of these folks are, like, you know, production assistants who literally aren't allowed to sit down. <laughs> like, the, they're, the producers, like, if you have time to sit, you have time to do something else. And if you don't have time, if you don't have anything else to do, I still don't want you sitting. It's kind of like cashiers at the grocery store aren't allowed to sit. Yeah, Even though they can sit and scan grocery, <laughs> you know, warehouse workers who are having to, you know, do automated stuff are not allowed to sit. Because they have to be uncomfortable, I guess, for their shift. So yeah,
2: I've never understood like that. that.
0: That's just ridiculous and stupid, but...
1: I mean, I've... <clears throat> Just working in nursing, I've worked 16 hour shifts. I've worked a 21 hour shift. That's illegal, but yeah. I, I, you <laughs> but know, you still have
0: done it. I've I, still done people, it. I think we've all done the illegal shifts in the past. So. Oh, man, when I worked for Hobby Lobby.
2: It'd be nothing for us to work 16, 18 hour days than like the one place in Indian uh, around is north of Indianapolis because I had to throw that in. <laughs> of course you and, did. And, uh, Don't
0: badmouth Indianapolis. I wasn't going to say
2: anything, but I was like, no, I'm saying Indianapolis because it's the show. But uh, the closest they could find. Uh, hotel for us was thirty miles away because the I think the brickyard four hundred was going on right. at the time, and uh so we were working sixteen, eighteen hour days, driving thirty miles to the hotel to sl- the shower, sleep for like an hour, two hours, then get back up and have to drive back and do it. We did that for fourteen days, Ugh. and I was I was so glad to leave a place. I was like, <laughs> oh. I
0: never want to come back. No, I can imagine, <laughs> and that's bad if you were ready to leave Indianapolis because <laughs> you do not tolerate north, north of Indianapolis. If it was Indianapolis, <laughs> that would be a different story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it kind of in related news to this, uh, a first of its a de- a first of its kind deal. The workers at Paizo, the tabletop gaming company behind Pathfinder and a few other uh, titles, have unionized. Um, so again, there's not necessarily. I don't think there's a labor shortage as much as people are just tired of working long hours for low pay for people who are assholes towards them yeah um so you know th- it feels like all of this is like you know the pendulum maybe has started to swing back a little bit towards giving power to employees as opposed to businesses, but um and, you know just just part of the whole global you know i I think the pandemic kind of woke people up to the idea yeah. look my time's worth more than this <laughs> my well, i'm not I'm not gonna take this for what I'm getting paid or.
2: And it's funny because, you know, I originally, my take from the pandemic and people working from home and stuff was, okay, jobs are going to find that, okay, we don't need to have people come in. We can do a lot of these from home, remote, I guess is what they, and um, so it's like, oh, okay, but now it's actually turning towards people who are like, hey. I had a little time to think about this and I don't like the way I was treated. Yeah. And blah blah, blah. and the company's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: wait a minute. No, no. We you can work from home." No. I can't because well, there's still a lot of those industries where you can't work from yeah. home, like the service industries. It's like, yeah, if you're going to get me out of my house, you're not going to treat me like that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> So. Yeah, so it's it's kind of crazy.
2: But, you know, at the same time, you know, we're sitting there talking about, "Okay, we're getting you know, we're paying them more and stuff like that." And they I god, where was it? I can't think of it, but it's like a thousand dollars sign-on bonus. Yeah, there are a few. If you well, I've seen a lot two fifty, yeah, three hundred, yeah. but the one place, and it wasn't like you know a place where you had to have like a degree for this. But it was just a random place. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, get people to
0: work. If you want people
2: <laughs> to work for you, you'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah, right that's how I got hired on at
1: the place I'm at. I've been there ten years almost. $2,000 sign-on bonus. That'll help. That <laughs> sweetens <laughs> oh, the pot. Yeah. It was funny, a couple years ago, a couple of new uh, aides would come in and say, like, yeah, we got a $1,000. I'm just like, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could have held out for 2000 <laughs>
2: Well, there was a guy uh, while I stand in line he was complaining about, and he was like, how can they afford to give these bonuses? I was like, well, they can either pay that two fifty and get somebody there that will make them thousands of dollars right. because there's a body doing something, or they have nobody and they lose Thousands of dollars. That two fifty, not that big a deal for.
0: And what percentage is that two fifty of the multi million dollar bonuses the executives are getting (laughs) at a lot of these places? So yeah, for not doing anything more. Yeah, for just yeah, (laughs) showing up every so often.
2: Yeah. Four times a year at a board meeting. meeting. (laughs) Yep,
0: exactly. Let's move on to (laughs) number four. Uh,
3: Number four. Number four.
0: (laughs) We still got the energy. We're still excited about what four and five. All right. We'll see. We'll take a dark turn here after this one. (laughs) Life will settle in. for the love of God. Number two. (laughs) (laughs) With three episodes left to go in season one, Hulu has canceled. Why the Last Man? Is anybody watching Why the Last Man? Uh, nasty had started it. I hadn't even heard of it until I saw it in there yeah viewers will still get those three episodes but there will not be a second season at hulu word is it has to do with how long it Took to put this thing together because they had the options, they had the contracts, and there was a date where these things ended. And then between the the COVID and other things, you know, false starts, having to change, you know, change, you know, showrunners and producers stuff, uh, it just took so long that they had to make a decision on season two whether or not they were going to extend these contracts. Which anytime you extend a contract in television, that's a bump in pay. Whether they were going to extend these contracts for a second season or have to make the decision not to and then based on where they're at currently they're like yeah you know not so much um, I know the showrunner is looking to try to move maybe to a different streaming platform because that has worked for other shows in yeah. the past, kind of save the show. Um, I don't know whether or not they have the audience backing. I don't know that the audience numbers are large enough for a, a big groundswell of you know social media, you know, oh, hey, we got to save this show. Yeah, I think a lot of folks are like, oh, yeah, I didn't know it was on, or, yeah, it's in my queue, but I'll get to it when I get to it. Or you know, I don't know that there are a whole lot of – appointment television for this for this series or a whole lot of folks watching it at all really
2: yeah you i mean nowadays you gotta come strong your first season your first couple episodes you gotta come strong because if you you don't don't hook people
0: yeah i do actually but uh, his pilot is his pilot is strong after that you know fucking strong but there he uh, dropped uh, dropped his car oh
2: man (laughs) but yeah so you know anymore, you know I, you gotta start strong. Then, if you fall off in your fourth season or whatever, like right. they usually do, that's one thing. But they peter out. Man, if you can't, I, I'm I. I speak because I'm that away. If you can't hook me in that first, I'll give you two or three episodes. Right.
3: And
0: if not, I'm sorry. I I'm not coming back anymore. It seems like three episodes is like a mini arc on the stuff. Like you get three episodes of introduction, and then that third episode's always a cliffhanger. And it's you know like oh, this is setting up the rest of the story. But yeah, I, I, this is one that's. It was on my radar, but honestly, I just never got around to it because I had too much other stuff going on and have the, sh- the shows to watch. <laughs> I was like, eh, but uh, yeah, I don't need to worry about it now. If they're yeah. not getting a second season, um, which will hurt the replay. You know, those who had it in queue and were like, this could be something. Now they, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're only like getting one season. What's the point of getting invested in? 10 episodes or whatever that don't go anywhere. Don't wrap up a story. So.
2: And You can't blame Hulu. I mean they've got a yeah. thousand other projects waiting to take that <laughs> spot. Speaking so.
0: of Hulu has <laughs> ordered the variety series History of the World Part 2. Mel Brooks writing the series along with a host of others. I know Wanda Sykes was on it. There are a few names <laughs> that you would recognize. Ike Barinholtz. Uh, uh, I'm sure everybody wants a piece of that. <laughs> this is a sequel to the movie History of the World Part 1 that Brooks wrote and directed and released 40 years ago in 1981. Ugh. It's almost like, you know, looking back at the bucket list, like, well, I've done this, I've done that. It's like, you know, I never should have named that movie Part One. I never <laughs> got around to doing anything else with that. Part Two was a joke. So let's go ahead. Yeah. The, all the trailers for you know, the Jews in Space. I <laughs> hope he follows through with that. <laughs> it has <does> got to be <laughs> the first episode, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I guess, yeah, they, they're like, you know, Hulu or somebody clearly pitched Hulu. I don't Hulu came knocking and saying hey you, you want to do a part two yeah I'm sure somebody put together and said you know we could we could do like a, a limited series call it part two who was <laughs> like yes please wasn't there wasn't it like Hitler on ice
1: as well, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. it. so. like Hulu's like, no, 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 no. I mean, Jews in space is okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> you
0: know, we're gonna play it. We're gonna play a little close to the vest on this one. You're not gonna get full creative. <laughs> was there? <laughs> well.
2: No, no, no. We're, we're, <laughs> no. We're,
0: we're not doing that today. <laughs> I, I think if you watch the movie on Hulu, we've. Uh, I don't think those scenes are there at the end. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Apparently, they were never filmed. Nope. <laughs> no, I've got them. It's right here <laughs> on. No, no, that that's not part of it. No don't know what That's a fan film. <laughs> exactly. Somebody dreamed that. It's a fever dream we all had. <laughs> Mandela so, effect. They can move that "why the last man" money over to <laughs> the history of the world, part two. Number three. Huh? Hey, there's still a little energy, hey, not uh, terrible. That's good. Number three. Halloween Kills topped the box office in its debut weekend, making just over an estimated fifty million dollars. This is the biggest opening both for a horror movie and an R-rated movie during the pandemic. Uh, that's with the movie also premiering day and date on Peacock, where 1.2 million households watched the movie over its opening weekend. So 1.2 million on Peacock, 50 million at the box office. If those 1.2 million households, now it's hard to say how many of those would have gone to the theater to watch it and how many would just watch it just because it was on peacock but even if let's say half of those that's 600 million households household as an average let will say two people they call it date night let's say one and a half maybe not everybody took their partner with them or whatever i mean so 900 million at an $8 ticket so you're you're talking you know there's there's a few you know probably probably 5 to 7 million dollars that you could tack on to this if it had been at the box office so. yeah Good for, <clears throat> good for them yeah uh, th- every week in october so far we've had a new number one you know we started with venom two uh, was number one and then no time to die and then halloween kills we've got dune coming out this weekend which i'm sure will take the top spot oh uh, so. yeah. yeah i plan to go see that it's been a big uh big month movies again when we talked about that with david uh, from the alamo earlier you know? at the start of the month this is kind of like the month where it's like oh we're just gonna it's, we've been waiting we, we've held these off we have no other space in the schedule we're gonna throw them all in the month of october and let the chips fall where they may yeah they're falling right in the right spot speaking of chips falling <laughs> curtis <laughs> drops his pringles and next at number 2. <laughs> number 2 is the downer, isn't it? Number 2 is the one where they kind of get tired of us pushing the button. All right, number the kid, 2. The kid has a flu again. I guess. <laughs> number 2, speaking of movies, Disney pushed back its upcoming slate of films in 2022 and 23. Doctor Strange moves from March 25th to May 6th, and that is kind of the start of the dominoes. Everything just kind of slides back a spot. Um the biggest Move The biggest uh, the biggest news piece, I guess, was that the fifth Indiana Jones film, which I know everybody's chomping at the bit to get after that fourth yeah. one. Yeah. Or not. Uh, moves yeah. from July 29th of 2022 to June 30th of 2023, which means Harrison Ford will be 80 years old when that movie is finally released. Really? He will be an old man, as if he's um, not already. Yet. He will be an older age. man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Indiana uh, Jones and the Colostomy Bag. <laughs> the the colostomy bag of doom yeah that sounds real bad that sounds awful uh, it's
2: fun seeing the stuff you know the yeah. photos from the set and stuff you're like I don't know it makes me kind of want to see it so I I I like the last one it didn't bother me it was <laughs> really it was out there but <laughs> yeah. you know I, I think they'll reel it in with this one I sure
1: they it. they wanted to give it another year
0: for everything to die down from the Twitter feud that the director was causing <laughs> right. with people so could be could be part <laughs> of it uh, nothing is moving the rest of 2021 so those dates are still locked in for your disney stuff which means eternals is still coming out in november uh you know spider-man is technically a sony film but that's not moving everything in 2021 is still moving forward as scheduled a little late in the schedule to, to move that one and finally number one Number it's not nearly as excited as number five is number no. five is like hey it's another week we get to do a top five <laughs> by the time you get number one it's like yeah number one tell your damn story <laughs> yeah, exactly all right number one <laughs> finally bc fandom was held online last saturday yeah. the online event tripled its audience size over the 2022 edition which was the first year they did a fandom uh, We're we'll just going to run through some of the highlights, if we want to call it, some of the <laughs> things to talk about. I guess the headlines may be a better word. Uh, we got a first look clip at The Rock in Black Adam. Look cool. The, I'm kind of excited for that one. That does look pretty fun.
2: Yeah. I, I, I knew they would do him right because got to keep
0: they The Rock Well, cool yeah, yeah. You got to keep The Rock happy. And he's been yeah. working on this passion project, trying yep. to get it off the ground for a few years now. So um, kind of along with that, we've got a first look at Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Um, we're just kind of waiting for the inevitable crossover at this point. But yeah. you know, I was like, hey, well, however many movies you got to throw out between now and then, <laughs> do what you just get do. us to Shazam and versus Black Adam. Be
2: as good as the first movie. I enjoyed the first movie a lot. So. Yeah, it, it was okay. Uh, a f- first <laughs> look.
0: Clip. I enjoyed it. It's a masterpiece. No, no. I said it's okay. I said
2: it's okay. <laughs> he says it's okay
0: with that sar- sarcasm. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay that you enjoyed it. Dildo. There are right. things to enjoy about that movie. Yes, <laughs> we got a first look clip at. the the flash yes oh yeah yeah we sure did yeah. all right
1: it looks like they just had like some set
0: footage and yeah, just they were, yeah they pieced it together a little bit but yeah. yeah there wasn't much to it we got a trailer for peacemaker which is hitting hbo max in january that looks like a lot of fun i didn't it
1: does look watch fun. the trailer but i watched the little clip that they released where was that the
0: trailer i think was, well i think it was the trailer it was like a two minute trailer
1: there was a clip that they released where he, they're all like eating, and he shows up dressed with his oh, okay. in yeah, his that's, costume. That's the
0: clip, yeah, yeah. And he has an eagle in his car, yeah, <laughs> named <no>. Eagle, Eagly? <laughs> Eagly, yeah. Yes. No, you have to watch the trailer then because yeah, Eagly, uh there's some fun stuff. in Yeah. There. Okay. It, it looks. <laughs> the fun. trailer looks
2: fun. I was like, all right, I'm in. That looks <laughs> and an adult man
0: having issues with his dad. <laughs> you know, his daddy issues and Eagly. yeah. Yeah the banter back and forth the vigilante stuff <laughs> it's, it looks fun it looks like they knew exactly what they were doing the yep. tone they were going for and it looks like from anybody can put together a pretty good trailer i say that we'll get to that story <laughs> next uh, but yeah that looks like they put together a trailer that makes the series look like it'll be pretty fun to watch well going back to the flash real
2: quick yeah i, I laughed <laughs> because
0: like one moment he's like spray
2: painting some lightning bolts on his boot yeah and then the next i don't know if it's the next scene or a couple scenes later he's got this suit that's all glowing i think how'd you go from cheap ass spray
0: paint to all of a sudden you've got this from what i understand from the trailer and i know no more than anybody else except for what the trailer shows us it appears that there are a couple of versions of barry allen both played by ezra miller um one version is the flash from like the justice league movie so he's got his fancy full uniform and then uh. it seems like they're kind of going with the Flashpoint storyline yeah so it looks like he maybe maybe instead of the flash going to a different timeline and still being barry allen there it seems like there's already a barry allen over there and it looks like the from what i could tell it appears that he's got the old bat suit from like the michael keaton batman uh-huh. and is painting that to be his flash suit for the barry allen in that world which is why it looks janky it's like uh. the bat suit with like the flash you know spray painted red with a lightning bolt spray paint gotcha. that's what it appears I could be reading that completely wrong because honestly I watched the trailer once and was like, Oh, they're still doing that. Is that, that why they <laughs> good for them.
2: <laughs> is that why I've seen something that looks like the the bat symbol that's on yeah. his chest? And it's there's the a, uh, yeah. it? has got a flashlighting bullet. Okay.
0: Because I think they that appears to be a, a part of the movie is yes, they get the old bat suit and decide to make that well, well, you you gotta have a, super. a Barry Allen, that's <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> Ezra Miller versus Michael Keaton, <laughs> <Putin>. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, anybody can cut a trailer and make something look good. Um, apparently, that's not always the case. We got a trailer for The Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the trailer for The Batman? <laughs> I you
1: know I'm holding out hope that this will be a decent movie. The only thing everybody's talking about is the hallway fight. Wait, right? no, I did watch it. Yeah, now that I think about it. I guess it. wasn't That's how that. memorable it was. Yeah, I like some of it reminded me of Nolan, but then it was like all these weird lights, and I'm like, it
2: looks interesting, but yeah. that I only watched it the once, and then I forgot about it. Yeah, I I you know I was really not on board necessarily with this because yeah. I'm kind of burnt out on Batman movies, yeah. anyways, but. I'm like, you know, I see what they're going for on this and it doesn't necessarily I don't want a half-assed trailer to like steer me one way or the right. other, but I but but We got a little, two half-ass trailers yeah. out of them so far, so. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm hopefully like you said or we're maybe getting to hopefully who's ever doing the trailers aren't isn't the one doing the movie, you know, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah. or, Are
0: uh, they uh, is it the long Halloween storyline that they're doing? No. 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 They it is I You know, here's kind of my take, a little bit similar to what some of what you guys have said. (coughs) It's like they took the Nolan stuff and said, let's just ramp that up to 11. So it's going to be ultra modern, ultra angsty, which is fine, I guess. But I'm kind of done with ultra angsty Batman. I don't want us to go full camp, like back to the Batman 66 show or to watch some of those later, you know, Schumacher, you know, Batman and Robin. Bring back Clooney. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to go back to that, but give us a Batman that like, isn't just a total asshole? I mean, I know that kind of is what the character was redefined as back in like the late mid to late 80s, you know, like the Dark Knight Returns. Like, oh, Batman's just a dark asshole. And every version we've gotten since then has been, Batman's just a dark <laughs> asshole. And
3: yeah. It's like,
0: well, that's great, but you've been telling those stories now for, you know, 35 years. Let's, How's that let's do going something for a you? little different. I, well, Financially, it's going pretty well, yeah. I guess. But it's like, give us, give us you know, I'd... Give us a version of Batman that's more like the animated, like the brave and the bold. Yeah. Where Batman is like, yes, he's serious, but he's not a total tool. <laughs> you know, he's like, you, he can crack a joke every once in a while kind of laugh at it and move on and still be serious. But like, yeah. give us something that's not, you know, emo Batman. That's know, what we've gotten out of a lot of these. You know
1: what I want? There was a meme going around for years and it was... uh Batman walking with, like, the cast of Law & Order. It was called Law & Order, the goddamn Batman unit. <laughs> I want a Law & Order show
0: <laughs> where Batman is, like, helping the police. Well, we're supposed to be getting a Gotham PD show on HBO <laughs> Max. They're supposed to be spinning out of this world that they're setting up with the Batman. But uh, I, I just... Yeah, give me... I mean... Like I didn't, I did not care for Justice League any version of the two versions or I guess three if you count the black and white and all the other (laughs) of of the versions of the Justice League that have come out. Ben Affleck was the least objectionable part of that because his Batman was a little bit more of a you know like yeah it was when during the scenes where he's got the cape and cowl and he's got to be serious and yes go do this and you know don't screw around we're gonna we're gonna beat the bad guys but then when he's Bruce Wayne he was kind of a Pretty good, but Bruce Wayne, he's like, yeah, you know, his scenes with Momoa when he goes to recruit him or whatever, yeah, it's kind of fun, kind of, kind of, you know, I, tongue in cheek. It,
1: everyone has problems with Affleck. I never, even before Batman, I never yeah. had a problem with him. I never thought he was awful yeah. by any means, so.
0: Yeah, so I, give us more of that kind of Batman, I think, and you may be surprised how people react. Not everything has to be dark and dooming, and gloomy, pretty I wish and, that
1: this... the Batman movie was what Affleck was planning to do back, I don't know, whenever he got
0: the job. And I guess he's going to be showing up in the Flash. So maybe that's where they're going to give us the versions of Batman that's kind of fun and loose. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're going to do multiple Batmans, just do multiple Batmans. Just give us a dark and gritty version of Batman that people want to go see and give us a version that's not so dark and gritty that we can, those of us who don't want to see that can go watch. <laughs> It'd be funny if he like goes through all the different incarnations of like
1: the Burton slash Schumacher Batman. So like we have Keaton. Right. But then like there's at one point when he's going through is like suddenly you see Clooney and he just kind of like looks at him and then he goes through and then you see sadly uh, Val killer <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, so they're both
0: different. So they're both yeah. different. Different time yeah, lines. if you're going to do multiverse stuff, go. Yeah, just go full go hard, f- full throttle. That's right. Go full hog, <laughs> you know, Some people are pissy that Superman's logo has been changed in the comics from Truth Justice the American Way to Truth Justice and a Better Tomorrow. You can guess what group of people if you if you had to draw a venn diagram of people pissy about this and other demographics that you might want to throw into that they're probably red with anger (laughs) their necks are bent on this for sure Um obviously the reason everybody wants to say oh it's because social justice blah 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 and, and DC will lean into that for those who that is a good answer for but we know the real answer has to do with money right <laughs> like you can't, it's hard to sell truth justice in the american way to china <laughs> you know it's yeah. hard to sell that overseas this is a financial decision Superman's less a, for the world not yes. just for
2: us and that that was Oh, what is the story with the True just American Way? It wasn't an original thing. No, it, it was not was... in the
0: comics originally. The comics, of course, the first appearance of Superman, 1938, Action uh-huh. Comics number one, we've all seen the cover and stuff. Um, when they started doing the Superman radio plays... In 1942, during World War II, Uh as America's trying to decide what there's, you know, there's the whole, you know, all of a sudden is truth, justice, and the American way because we got to feel good about ourselves because World War II is happening. Yeah, was the The world to end all wars? We still have we have a second one of those, so clearly, (laughs) you know, so yeah, so that's where truth, justice, (laughs) the American way came from. It's stuck around for what's that been now? You know, a long time. Yeah, know twenty almost eighty years. So. Um, so yeah they're changing it to truth and again this is the man of tomorrow is one of the nicknames you know superman so truth justice and a better tomorrow um it's the same people that were pissed that his son is bisexual <laughs> yeah. are now pissed that he's trying that that dc's trying to sell superman to a global audience well so. the majority of the people that are pissed because his son never is bisexual buy, buy a comic book. don't
2: even know <laughs> it's his son they think it's Superman. Yeah, they think that su- all of a sudden they think turns- it's the
0: bisexual Superman who's no longer saying truth, justice in the American way. Yeah, these are two different stories, two different reasons to get pissed off. It's like, hey, if here's- you actually bought a Superman comic so that you could actually have an uh, educated opinion yeah. on you know, this, here's two things you haven't <laughs> given a shit about your entire life, and all of a sudden you're very angry about yeah, stuff because that's the world we live in. Yep. Uh, also we've got no <laughs> got nose. Got news that Titans. We got Titans, Doom Patrol, and Pennyworth are all getting an, an extra season. They've all been renewed. Pennyworth moving from Epics to HBO Max. Um so that's kind of getting all their D C comic yeah. eggs in one basket again. I haven't watched that, but
2: Titans have gotten really like Has the it? first part of the season <laughs> I was kinda like hmm. Yeah, that's where I quit. But but the last part of the season? Yeah. I'm enjoying and I'm actually somewhat enjoying the Starfire character so that's it's doing something for me
0: right Doom Patrol is that Starfire character always did something for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) the actress that plays that character she exudes sex on the screen (laughs) well that's a true story Uh, but
2: Doom Patrol of course has given us exactly what Doom Patrol (laughs) always does you you said she oozes sex right yes (laughs) (laughs) oozes
0: moving on we, we left that behind Curtis is still there go ahead
2: but I just, the control's I controls a blast. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad that the culture character is just there in name, right? Because I, I never, like, nothing against him or the character right. or whatever. I just that it, wasn't a the, part yeah, for me. The team dynamic, is yeah. The, yeah and you're getting a lot more of that and yeah. with the addition of a couple other characters it's like uh, and then what's going on with Jane and right. stuff like that it's I'm enjoying it. You
0: don't get Doom Patrol unless Legends of Tomorrow paves that path I think. Oh yeah. To be able to say you can take these characters and not have to be again like we've been talking you don't have to be so damn serious all the time. No. Nope. You can tell goofy fun <laughs> team stories and show the you know these teams how these goofy because it's comic book heroes they're all goofy it's all over the top (laughs) You can take these over-the-top goofy characters and throw them in situations where these personalities have to interact, and I think, yeah, I think you don't get there unless Legends of Tomorrow paves that road. I think so. Yeah, and
2: they got a nice balance with the serious stuff and yeah. the, you know, the comedy and the out there crazy stuff <laughs> that really <laughs> you're like, there. <laughs> what did I just see? Yeah, and that's nothing. That they're carrying it on this season. <laughs> yeah. We
1: we tried to watch a little bit of Bat batwoman last night did you i'm sorry why it what just it? you know we were at my dad's and he doesn't he only has like basic tv oh, okay yeah. so we're just flipping through and that was on and saw a few minutes and then kind of
2: cut out and we're like we'd rather watch barney miller <laughs> can we put it back on <laughs> me
1: tv uh, and
2: i am the defender of cw shows right left and right Batwoman, I cannot defend, defend it. it. Yeah. I cannot. I wanted to watch it, and I finally, my first time, I tapped
0: out. Yeah, I could not watch any more of that. Speaking of the CW shows, the big news at DC fandom with the CW shows, of course, the Flash has new boots. Yeah, he's got new boots, it's got gold <laughs> so boots. That's the big news. For the boots CW and some
2: shows. wings on his head yeah. there. That, so
0: when, when that's the most exciting thing you can drum up for your flagship Network television, every, you know, well, everybody gets a chance to watch these, and I laugh
2: because boy, it, that, <laughs> you're starting out the first four episodes with a basically a crisis. Yeah, a I'm like, yeah. wow, you're just that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. we, we've got to do that now. Yeah. Okay, so, does that say anything about your show and your shitty writing you've been doing? Yeah, it's us oh, so how you really feel. <laughs> I've loved that show since day one, and the past couple <laughs> seasons have. I'm like, what are we doing? yeah it's like oh my gosh I don't, I don't even know if they know what they're doing yeah. over there
0: that i enjoyed sucks. the first season it got caught in that set that season two the flash paved the way for terrible season twos on those cw shows
2: <laughs> yeah
0: i mean the first seasons are always pretty good second season kind of drops the exceptions being, uh, you know, Arrow had a pretty good second season. Not as good as the first, but it was pretty good. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow had a pretty good second season. Not Black a, Lightning it. had a great yeah. everything in it. But, but that that whole second season has to be our main hero who is the symbol of hope. We're talking the Flash. We're <laughs> talking Supergirl, Superman. Just being pissy and moany and whining around in a depressive funk. That's fine that that happens to people. It's fine that that happens to superheroes. Not something I need to see. It's 22 episodes of... Yeah,
2: stretching it out yeah. over twenty two. It's like, holy cow, man! Get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this We've not, all
0: moved on from that. Barry. Is this a
2: minute by minute show, or is this? <laughs> this? It seems like we're going days here
0: for the guy who's the fastest man on earth. You are taking a long time to get over this. <laughs> <Don't tell. laughs> Clearly, uh, your emotional doesn't tie into your speed. Not all roses, though, for Warner Brothers. Uh, recently, in the last couple of days, uh, Gal Gadot has spoken about again about the treatment she suffered at the hands of Joss Whedon on the set of Justice League and ruby rose has come naming names uh she's coming with specifics on her time on and her exit from batwoman saying look here here are the names here are the receipts here are the photos y'all do with what you want to do i'm tired of hearing about how i couldn't hack it on a tv show here are the receipts <laughs> so it's not all you know yes she to her credit she waited till they had their moment F- do your big dc fandom and now i feel like i've got to say some things um and, of course, Warner Brothers is their press, you know, spinning it in the PR, you know, department of how, well, you know. We didn't she get injured on a low-budget movie and claim that it that happened? That's, that's the story of the, the studio said, oh, she didn't get injured here. She got injured on something else. And she's come back with, nope, here are the dates, here are the x-rays. You can see I was not working on that. I was working on your show. And so yeah. that's the last I'd heard. I always this morning, just figured
2: so. she wanted out of that god-awful show. Well, that's part of it. She said, I came in
0: thinking this is what was going to happen, and here is exactly what happened. And so she said, has said, you can't get me back on that show, which is not consistent. She said in the past, oh, sure, I'd love to come back someday. Now she's saying, no, no. So the story is... I don't know, changing a little bit maybe, but I mean, she's got the receipts, so yeah. it's hard to argue with somebody who kept detailed notes yeah. and is now and is now naming names in the press. So, well, you know, new scandal, yeah, exactly. And in other news, we have a pair of feel good stories. We're not going to leave you with hey, real quick, we'll though, people at the CW. Did Warner you Brothers. see
2: where my show that I like with Maya Bialik, The um, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah,
0: I forget the name of it. Call.
2: Called, Called, call me cat call me cat yeah. got a second season I'm surprised it's I am they did not have a
0: huge audience but apparently the it numbers is not are good but
2: enough. give it a shot people It it's really good it's entertaining I think they were getting that momentum right and by the end of it, so I think I'm ready for a season yeah, two. She's would, a busy you, woman. You would I'm, be
0: the audience. She <laughs> is. Yeah. I don't care who, who likes everything. <laughs> hey,
3: we got
2: a
0: new show for you.
2: <laughs> no, I don't like everything. We just talked about that woman. So, <laughs> That's true. but no, th- I'm very happy because that was a good little show. So,
0: well, we've got a couple feel good stories here. The first one comes to us from Wellington, New Zealand. An emergency call made by a four-year-old New Zealand boy asking for police to come over and check out his toys prompted a real-life call-out and confirmation from an officer that his toys were indeed pretty cool. (laughs) Police shared an audio of the call on social media this week, along with a photo of the smiling boy sitting on the hood of a patrol cruiser, noting that while they don't encourage children to call the emergency number, the incident was, quote, too cute not to share. The call begins as it should, all business. Uh, This is the police. Uh, Where's the emergency? There's a pause. And then you get this four-year-old boy saying, hi, police lady. Yes, the dispatcher says. She switches to a friendlier tone because it's a kid. You know, you got to get information. You got to know. So um, she says, what's going on? He says, "Um, can I tell you something? And she says, yes. He says, says, afraid. Yeah. (laughs) I've got some toys for you, is what the kid says. You've got some toys for me. The dispatcher confirms. <laughs> yep, come over and see them. The boy replies. <laughs> a man then gets on the phone, confirms that the call was a mistake, saying the four year old has been helping out around the house while mom was sick. He decided to make a phone call. Apparently, uh, a police dispatch call then goes out, giving the address. Says uh, there's a four year old here who's wanting to show his police, show the police his toys over. And then somebody replies, uh, Yeah, I'm one up. I'll attend to it. The <laughs> responding <laughs> officer the police officer who is identified in social media as constable kurt uh, was shown uh, the toys at the kid's house he went to the kid's house the kid laid out his toys for him showed him the officer uh, says he also had a good educational chat about the proper use of the emergency <laughs> number which in new zealand is 111 instead of 911 i've had that conversation he, uh, he, he the quote uh, from the officer he did have a cool he did have cool toys Constable (laughs) Kurt reported back over the radio after attending to the call. Uh, They added that uh, the lucky kid also got to see the patrol car and the officer put on his lights for him too. So I've had that conversation with some of you here. (laughs) Hey, I got some cool toys. Come over and check them out. Um, I never have called the police to have them come over though. No. I called the
1: police when I was a kid once. Did you? A couple times. I just hung up when they answered (laughs) and then they came out to the house. It was funny. Come to check yeah. on you, make sure everything's yeah. okay. My dad was asleep, and That's he, good. he had been working on the, the dishwasher, so or not dishwasher, the washing machine, so it was, like, pulled out, and there was stuff everywhere. And it was just me and my brother. My brother was in diapers still, and uh, he had fallen asleep. <laughs> and so I did the phone call thing, and then they showed up, and it was interesting time
0: kind of a tangent to that story (laughs) whenever whenever we were at uh planet comic-con just a few months ago uh somebody had asked uh greg sipes who voices beast boy for a lot of the warner animation stuff how did you get into voice acting he said well back when i was younger because he's about our age from 40s used to be before caller ids um you can prank phone call people. <laughs> <He's> like <laughs> so. That's how I got started. He said, then our family traveled a lot and we had a CB radio. So I would prank CB, the truckers. He's like, that's how I got into voice acting. <laughs> so Do you remember at the pizza place
2: when <laughs> we figured out that we could call somebody and call somebody else? <laughs> Three way calling. Three way calling yeah, 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 yeah. and have, we would they do both it. got called. We would do it to Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. And we would do it to just somebody's like, mom yeah, or yeah. something. <laughs> and they would be like, hey, I can't help you. Like, well, you called me. And they would go through this whole thing.
0: <laughs> oh, We'd God. be sitting there with the phones muted, just cracking up laughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: God, yeah. that was awesome. We did so many of those.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we totally probably forgot about that. I think that. the statute of limitations <laughs> is the on that. We could talk about that. Oh, now. yeah. Oh, and finally, somebody out there is doing the Lord's work. On October 9th, (laughs) somebody hacked Ferrara Candy, the makers of candy corn. Oh, no. The Halloween candy sales account for about 10% of the company's annual profits. Uh, Somebody said, uh, could have possibly been one of the people who responded in our What's your favorite candy? What's your least favorite candy poll? Uh, Somebody hacked the company, shut down production on candy corn. Uh, The quote from the company, Upon discovery, we immediately responded to secure all of our systems and commence an investigation into the nature and scope of this incident. The company said in their statement, Ferrara is cooperating with law enforcement and our technical team is working closely with third-party specialists to fully restore impacted systems as expeditiously and safely as possible. We have resumed production in select manufacturing facilities, and we are shipping from all of our distribution centers across the country near to capacity, they said. We are also now working to process all orders in the queue. We are now working to process all orders in the queue, they said. We appreciate our employees and customers' patience and understanding as we work toward resolution. Um, I don't know that people are just dying for them to get their systems back online and candy corn out, but...
2: Isn't there candy corn? There's plenty of candy corn. You out would there. not There's, think there
0: would be a candy corn shortage, but I go to a Walmart. There are tons yeah. of them. So yeah, somebody took it upon themselves to try to rid the earth of the scourge that is candy corn. But apparently, <laughs> they got back online.
2: <laughs> next thing they're going to be going after those little candies that are wrapped in orange and black, little the, peanut, uh, butter. peanut butter kisses. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's that's next on the list. You're next. <laughs> I mean, not that I did it. (laughs) I was going to say, Kenny knows a little too much about it. Everybody knows. I can't use a computer. Oh, that's (laughs) true. (laughs) Well, let Uh, us know what you think are the top stories each and every week if we use your suggestion. We'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming episode. Send your suggestions to us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for and follow us at PGTC Podcast and post your comments there. Tag us, whatever you want to do to let us know that these are the stories we should be talking about or call us on the hotline at 417-986-7842 and leave us a message with your comments we just might play them in the next episode or any upcoming episode of the pop goes culture podcast links to all that and more over at pop goes the culture. Dot com
2: i am really pushing
0: somebody on social to media call yeah to i am i would love trying. to i would love to play a phone call that would be nice yeah. well
2: somebody i don't care
0: it's which, been a hot minute since anybody's used the hotline
2: which one of you three are listening right now <laughs> well what do you
0: call the hotline please exactly uh well we're gonna take a quick break coming up our experts are drafting movies that get them in the halloween spirit Plus, we're taking a look at what's coming up in the next week in entertainment and pop culture. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back right after this.
3: After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah!
1: Hello, friends. My name is Jason A. Maisky. I'm a thriller author and the host of the Sample Chapter podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I introduce you to authors from all over the world. Together we have a nice little chat before the guest author reads a sample chapter from one of their books. There's been sci-fi, westerns, romance, horror, thrillers, and even the weird. There's names you don't know, and for sure, several that you do. And with over 100 episodes so far, you're sure to find a new favorite book. So come on over and join us every Tuesday on the Sample Chapter Podcast.
3: As Halloween approaches, you have to prepare
0: yourself for what might happen. More orange sprinkles. It's a special time of year and Dunkin' Donuts is dressing up their donuts for the occasion. And here's the werewolf.
3: To Dunkin' Donuts and get into the spirit of Halloween.
1: We'd like some Halloween donuts, please. Oh,
0: it's that time of the year. I know all of us here have been watching movies and TV shows to help get us into the Halloween spirit. Uh, Whether it's something new like you know, Midnight Mass, Chapel Wait, Creep Show, uh, or if it's you know some of the programming blocks that are out there—Freeform, AMC, and a lot of others doing their Halloween-themed programming stuff. Well, we all have our favorite movies to watch this time of year that gets us into the Halloween spirit. The stuff we come back to year after year. We know what ours are. We wanted to know what some of the experts in the horror genre, what they watch to get themselves into the Halloween spirit. Uh, When you're working on these, when you're... When you're writing them, you're directing them, you're producing them, you're, you know, documenting them behind the scenes. So those are the types of things that you know. You wonder, do these do they get numb to this because they're in horror all the time, or yeah. do they still like to do like we do? You know, hey, it's October first, it's Halloween. Start yeah. firing up the stuff and put it in the stream it or throw it in the Blu-ray player or whatever. The, extra, uh, the answer is the latter. Yeah. So so we asked, what are the movies that get them into the Halloween spirit? We didn't just want a list of movies. Um, we did what we do sometimes. We do a little draft. Um, so we asked them to draft four movies that are must haves that put them in the Halloween spirit you you could have there's a lot of low
2: hanging fruit that could have been taken and I think you got a nice little like honest you know this is what we truly like this isn't we're trying to win a little make believe game or whatever (laughs) you know it's like these are our yeah
0: so it was fun a lot of fun Uh, we've got that coming up for you right now All right. As promised this week, we have brought together a few of our favorite people from across the world of horror for our movies that put me in the Halloween spirit draft. Uh, First up, we have Heather Wixon. Among her many credits, Heather is the managing editor at Daily Dead News, a member of the Hollywood Critics Association, a special effects industry historian. In fact... Heather's book, uh, Monster Makeup and Effects Volume 1, is available right now, and it features conversations with some of Hollywood's greatest artists uh, in that in that realm. Uh, we'll have a link up to where you can buy the book directly. You can link directly to it from the description of this episode, so be sure to check that out and pick it up. Heather, thanks for being here today. How are you?
4: Thank you so much. I am thrilled, and I am I'm ready to to jump into uh, all things uh, Halloween, the Halloween season. I'm ready.
0: Absolutely, for those who are listening, like, man, I've heard that name before. Uh, Heather participated in our '90s movies March Madness tournament earlier this year. She had Point Break that went on through a couple of rounds, I think. Yeah. So uh, we have next up. We have it's it did. Making- it
4: got really close. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was fun. It was a good time. We had some surprises in that uh, in for that sure. tournament. Next up, we have filmmaker Joe Russo, and all of you are like, hold on. (laughs) It's not the community guy. It's not the Marvel guy. Uh, (laughs) Joe, among his many credits, has been a screenwriter, director, producer behind such films and projects as Nightmare Cinema, All Pair Nightmare, Hard Kill, uh, a number of award-winning short films, and a whole lot more. Joe is also the producer of one of our favorite horror-themed podcasts, Postmortem with Mick Garris. Joe, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Thanks for having me, guys.
5: I'm I'm very excited to dig into some Halloween favorites with you.
0: Fantastic. And joining us today is multi-nominated and multiple award-winning author and comic book writer Colin Bunn. Colin's comic series, The Empty Man, was adapted into a feature film last year. A lot of you have seen that, I know. And his middle grade book, The Ghoul Next Door, is available right now. Uh, if you you uh, can check that out. You can buy it online or in a bookstore near you. Again, we'll have a link to that as well in the episode description. Uh, a great little book to get yourself and the family, the kids into the the holiday spirit. Colin, how are you doing today?
6: I'm doing great. Do you do you have any idea how prepared I I am for this? How many <laughs> hours I spent just just laboring over this the, these movies?
0: Can you flash? Well,
6: that's 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 funny,
5: Colin, because I was I I did this in like. 20 minutes last night so uh <laughs> we'll see
6: i was just trying to share how honored i am to be among you so thank you joe for sharing that uh <laughs> that your level of, of honor is not as much as mine
0: <laughs> <laughs> and our fourth participant today uh kenny one of our Pop Goes the Culture podcast co-host, who is uh, the exact opposite end of the spectrum. He is (laughs) not a horror fan (laughs) in in the broadest sense of the word. So he's going to be kind of presenting the other uh, perspective in this draft. How are you doing, man?
2: Doing good. Good, Not to to say I don't like horror films. I I watched them a lot when I was younger and stuff. I just moved on to other things. So, But I still have a lot of love for them.
0: That's right. So, the way this is going to work for those who maybe are not familiar with this is we have loaded the name of our four participants into a random number generator and determined a draft order. So, here is the order in which our four participants will be picking Colin will go first, Heather will go second, <laughs> Kenny goes third, and Joe goes fourth. Each participant will be picking a single movie each round. We'll have four rounds, so a total of 16 movies will be selected. I don't know that anybody has a total of 16 listed. Cullen, you'll also get the last pick, so I hope you're prepared. <laughs> I hope you got a long I'll list in you. case your, uh, your films get taken. Uh-oh. It is a serpentine draft, so Joe, who's picking fourth in the first round, will also be picking first in the second round. And again, it is a draft, so, so once somebody selects a movie, that movie is off the board and cannot be selected by anyone else. <laughs> Um, if we have time at the end, uh, we'll discuss any honorable mentions or any films that, uh, didn't get selected that maybe wanted to to shout out. Everybody understand? Everybody cool? Everybody ready to go? Yeah. I have one quick question. Oh yeah.
5: Do you like it? Do, does it, Is it only feature films or can it be like Halloween specials or things like that too?
0: We will make a command decision when we encounter those. So if you have something you want <laughs> to pick, go ahead and pick it and we'll throw it to the group. And if the group's like, no. Nah, all right. All right. Around, Fair enough. Counting. Fair yeah. enough.
5: I might yeah. throw you for some loops here, but Definitely. all right, we'll take it. them.
0: All right, and so again, this is going to be kind of fun, laid back, so relax. It's very casual. Um, we are not going to tear you apart if you throw something out there that doesn't Oh, help. no, this is about to get crazy. Okay, well, I, I stand corrected. <laughs> then. All right, so Colin, you start us off with the first pick. Colin, what is the first pick, the first movie that you think of when you think, I need to get in that Halloween spirit?
6: Okay, I could go for the low-hanging fruit, but I'm not going to. I mean, this is still low-hanging fruit, but it's not the lowest of, of the fruit. Uh, I'm going to pick... Trick or Treat, uh, the the Michael Doherty movie, uh, the anthology. Uh, for me, Halloween movies, it's as much about you know the scares, but there's a there's a sense of fun and color and vibrancy, and, and and that has to be in a good Halloween movie. And I think Trick or Treat represents that for me.
0: I agree. Solid choice. It is a good choice. And an that's one time time. i'm it's one i'm envious of <laughs>
4: that was that was going to be my first one too man um now yeah. I'm, now i'm going to throw it I for mean, a loop. I'm sorry
5: yeah, it's sorry. kind of it's kind of the the modern <laughs> probably the most modern halloween classic right i mean yeah with i, these I can't think of one that's come out since that that you know is is quite as uh enduring as that one it went it went into my rotation every halloween really fast oh yeah, yeah for sure
0: and for such a troubled, or not maybe not troubled is not the right word. For such a low key release, um, for it to have found the following. Well, it was
3: words.
5: it was troubled. It got it got it got delayed a lot, and then it ultimately got released to uh, like direct to video. So mm. I mean, it it it's really amazing that it it found its footing, you know. And and also we got Krampus out of it too, which I think is a great you know Christmas horror. So uh, yeah. you know, I I I think Mike Doherty is a terrific filmmaker. Uh, so. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very clever, it's a very clever anthology, the way the stories
6: weave together. And uh, and it introduces that great, you know, Sam is a great character that it introduced that uh, kind of become a staple of Halloween now. So I don't know if you walked into a spirit Halloween, but <laughs> Sam, very
3: popular. Very popular.
0: Yeah. Right on. A great. First pick, trick or treat. First film off the board. We go to Heather for your first pick of the first round. What is the movie that gets you in the Halloween spirit? That's not trick-or-treat.
4: All right. Well, gosh. So maybe I do go with low-hanging fruit because somebody has to take it. And it's probably the the biggest and most influential classic. So uh, I'm going to go with John Carpenter's Halloween because, you know what it is halloween to me like for me as a kid i remember one of my favorite memories is coming home from trick or treating at night and they would always on tv have halloween 1 and halloween 2 as like a double feature mm-hmm. um and awesome. so although for years i'd always just had the tv versions of those movies so my mind was kind of blown when eventually I rented like the real versions of them, especially Halloween the sequel, which is a complete mess as, as a TV special. So oh, yeah. anyway, I'm gonna yeah. go with. I mean, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna go with Carpenter's Halloween. I know it's easy, but hey, it's gotta it be on is, the it list. It's the premiere.
5: Yeah, we do uh, someone's
4: gotta go over
5: it. Someone someone had to pick it, Heather. Someone had to pick it. It's yeah. my I mean, it's my favorite horror movie of all time. So uh already I feel burned by being last in this draft. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: blame the random
5: number guys, yeah.
6: yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so it does it does uh bring a question for me, just just real quick. Does this eliminate the Halloween franchise then? No.
0: No, the- you, no, three is still available. <laughs> or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i just yeah, but, yeah okay. don't want you're, even you're you're
5: it's implying good. that it's going to be on the list, okay? Yeah, I guess I
0: shouldn't <laughs> be making any assumptions. You guys this is if out. Joe
5: Bob Briggs was on here, he'd, he'd have something to say about that. <laughs>
4: uh, I'll just sit over here and hold my breath, and nobody's going to take resurrection in the meantime.
5: Oh, <laughs> I think you don't have to worry about that. Heather. Yeah, I, I think you're not. okay. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trick or treat, motherfuckers. Um, Look, now,
4: Michael Myers the, ain't no sound bites. Yeah.
3: Right.
0: The rest of the franchise is still on the table. Just the one has been taken. And we'll we'll even leave anything with the name Halloween. So you've also got the Rob Zombie film and the twenty eighteen version still on the table. So All right, Kenny, right. we go to you for your first perk. What movie says Halloween to you? Get you in the spirit.
2: Well, for me, when I pick everything, I pick I don't ever pick what I think will win. I just pick what feels good for me right so uh, my first pick is going to be the 96 movie frighteners Oh, nice. That's a great movie. Yeah. I love that. We always, uh, we would put that on and my mom would get out her Halloween stuff and we would put the Halloween Village out and we decorate as we were watching the movie. So, excellent memories for me. And it, it just always puts me in that mood to let's get decorating. Let's put that on. Let's start decorating. Well, I say start decorating the house. My house is Halloween pretty much all year (laughs) round. So.
0: make it official
5: Frighteners is frighteners is such a, a underrated movie and also super important to kind of like just cinematic history because without frighteners there really wouldn't be weta and without weta there wouldn't be lord of the rings so like i i'm, I'm always a big frighteners fan uh awesome. it's a
3: cool pick yeah no
5: frighteners is is i love that movie
6: so much uh I probably say you are violating my territorial bubble on a weekly basis, and it can—you know—that's all from frighteners. Um, uh, yeah, it's a great movie, and yeah, it's—it's a—it's it's a fun, fun Halloween season movie. I think.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the first three picks, we have two that were kind of underrated, or you know, the head release issues, whatever. And Then we've got the low-hanging fruit, so it's like it's all or nothing so far, but it's fun. Uh, Joe, we go to you. You're going to get the two picks in a row. You're going to get the f- fourth pick in the first round and the first pick in the second round. Man, that's
5: that's that's crazy. All right. So here, here's the thing. I, I didn't think this would still be on the board by the time it got to me. But and I feel like my my uh, podcast host, my postmortem host would be very sad if I didn't pick this as my first pick. Mm-hmm. So since it's there, I'm taking Hocus Pocus.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> I was just wondering at what point you would take it. I didn't know if it'd be in the first round. I, <laughs> mean, mean, like
5: slow play. I might as well, I might as well grab it before
0: somebody else takes it. Oh, uh, I mean, look,
5: second round once, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah H- Hocus. Look, well, Mick, Mick wrote Hocus Pocus and obviously, you know, Mick and I are, 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 pals, but, uh, um, you know, aside from that reason, I just think it's a magical movie. I mean, like, look, I was really young when it came out and, uh, just grew up with the movie and it's been so wonderful to watch as, you know, Disney Channel and Freeform have turned it into this modern Halloween classic. And, you know, I mean, in terms of money that the franchise generates now, I'm sure it even probably rivals John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, so it's, it, and I think it's and in probably to an even wider group of people because it is, you know, gateway horror and comedy. Uh, you know, it probably has reached more people at this point, so it's 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 pretty phenomenal. Uh, little movie that that went from a midsummer box office bomb to a a legendary Halloween classic,
0: yeah.
3: yeah again, as, as somebody is,
4: who has, a, no, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, no, good. I was just gonna say, as somebody who has a dog named Winifred Sanderson, I approve <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah, it, it, again, another one that's kind of, you know, it wasn't a huge success when it was released, but has turned into kind of that cult, you know, it, this stands for the season kind of film. So, a good pick. Very good. And then you've got a second pick, back to back on this. All right. Here we go. I'm I'm I'm
5: really like kind of in a toss up on this. But this is why I asked about, you know, Halloween specials and shorts and things. The the movie that I watched growing up as a kid, like even as early as August to get me into the Halloween spirit is Disney's Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, One half of Mr. Toad and Ichabod. Um, You know, I know those Bing Crosby songs, like the back of my head, you know, uh, hand. And uh, it's just like, that is just a movie that screams Halloween to me. It gets me in the season. I grew up in Connecticut, which is just down the road from New York and Sleepy Hollow and went there as a kid. And I've always been just kind of mesmerized by this, you know, amazing American legend. Uh, and, and this just, you know, the original American, uh, slasher, uh, the Headless Horseman. So, um, yeah, no, for me, you know, Ichabod's story it just resonates and, uh, it's not Halloween unless I watch. You know the cartoon.
6: Yeah, Joe, that was next on my list. By the way,
4: Uh, (laughs) there you go. It was was also on my list as well. We are huge Sleepy Hollow fans in our house. In fact, uh, Mondo released a print of it a few years ago, Um, and it is just gorgeous. Like I, I love that movie so much. Like to me, that just screams like being a kid in grade school, and like when your your teacher rolls out the TV and you're getting ready to like yeah. watch something fun yeah. uh that that movie is just uh evokes so many different memories what a great pick
6: yeah i uh i was fascinated by ichabod crane when i was a kid and i even and i don't know i can't remember if it was based on the Disney the disney version or not uh when i was a kid uh on the back of cereal boxes there were records that were just like printed onto the cereal box and you could cut them out and play them on your record player. And I had a sleepy hollow one that I play. I must've played thousands of times, not just through Halloween, but uh, just year round. I loved it
0: so much. Was it actual vinyl or was it like pressed into the cardboard? It was pressed into the cardboard. Wow. That's so crazy. Wow. That's I mean, you. Cool. I, I I tracked one down a while
6: back. It was super expensive, and I I thought I ordered it, but I guess I didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was one of my fondest toys as a kid. Was this back of a cereal box record?
0: That's awesome! Yeah, wow, that's it. super cool. That's <laughs> super cool. Right on. All right, well, Kenny, we're going to go to you for your second pick. What have you got here for us? Uh, a
2: little out there, but not. I guess. Uh, for my second pick, I'm going with the crow. And so nice, right? That's a great choice. Yeah, I don't think it's too far <laughs> no, out there. Yeah, wasn't sure, but uh, for me, that just you know, of course, the time of the year that set in is Devil's they, Night. yeah, Devil's Night, and I just God, I love that movie so much, and I just I love sitting down. That's that one's just for me. The right. family doesn't really enjoy sitting down and watching it with me, but I will watch it every year at some point at the beginning
0: of October. So, yeah, right on. That's a great one. Yeah, I'm awful for it. Yeah, I it. love I like it. the Love all. it. All right. Let's go to Heather. Heather, for your second pick. What have you got?
4: All right. Well, um, as one of the sort of long-standing, staunch uh, Rob Zombie defenders out there, um, <laughs> I am gonna go with a movie that um has really become a staple of our homes uh, halloween viewing uh sort of rotation repertoire whatever you want to call it um and i'm gonna go with house of 1000 corpses
6: yeah Ooh. Nice. it's on my it's on my list as well so thanks heather yeah. for taking that.
3: <laughs> sorry
4: for that yeah i it's look i i understand that rob's aesthetics aren't for everybody and I, in fact the first time i ever saw the movie i actually hated it um and it's a movie that actually sent uh, a friend of mine Basically, she's been on anxiety medication ever since. Wow. Um, wow. she had like a, a huge panic attack in the theater and had to leave. And that I think probably marred that first viewing experience. And then yeah. I read it the following October. And then I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. And I mean, I get it. It's full of references and it's him riffing on like Texas Chainsaw 2 and, and everything. But I, there's just such a mood to that movie. Um, yeah. That I really love. It's it's basically if you wanted to have Texas Chainsaw Massacre set on Halloween. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's it's just got some really great visuals. Um, and, you know, I, we pair it with another movie. But I will say, I do think it's fascinating that a lot, like almost, I would say at least 80% of his movies are set around the holiday of Halloween. Yeah. Um, whether yeah. they're the Halloween movies themselves or Where's his other down? stuff. So, but yeah, so that's, that's a big one in our house.
5: You know, I, I I don't know if this, I don't know if devil's rejects will, will come up and I'm just going to use this as a quick, quick aside. When I want, when I watched the devil's rejects for the first time, which I I actually think is Rob Zombie's masterpiece in my opinion. But uh, when, when I saw it for the first time uh, I watched it at home and my ex girlfriend at the time, was so messed up from that movie. Heather speaks to your friend who's on anxiety medicine from from House of the Thousand Corpses. She walked over and like ripped the DVD out of the player about halfway through the movie and held it up and she's like, the devil made this movie.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you should say, actually it was the devil's rejects who made this movie.
5: Yeah. <laughs> uh anyway um, she's she's gone now and it's a great movie and <laughs> she's, she's an ex
4: for a reason right <laughs> exactly exactly
5: <laughs> yeah,
6: I,
4: yeah.
6: I, I, I love the visual aesthetic of that movie so much i think it's perfect halloween i mean it, it oh, there's yeah. i mean it's my favorite of the rob zombie movies um and i'm not 100 percent sure i loved it when i first saw it but i you know and I, too, am a, a big Rob Zombie fan. I still, to this day, I mean, I've been to several Rob Zombie concerts, and uh, the first one I went to is still one of the best concert experiences I've ever had. I mean, Dr. Dr. It
5: was, Satan, it was amazing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my a gift, I my ex-husband, we we dated in high school, and when we both graduated high school, um, it was the year that uh, White Zombie was t- uh touring with pantera and the deftones mm-hmm. and it's still i would say top five concert experiences i've ever had in my entire life I saw that yeah. tour
2: as well yeah
4: <laughs> yes so yes essentially i'm, I'm an old <laughs> it's also what i'm saying too
0: <laughs> oh, no, we're all old here <laughs> all right let's go to cullen for your second pick this will wrap up the second round for us Okay, so I am
6: picking uh, – I pick my movies based on how they made – maybe, you know, how they made me feel or experiences I had on Halloween. And I remember as a kid waking up before anybody – like at 6 a.m. on Halloween on a Saturday. And I watched this – I turned on the TV, and this movie was just coming on. And uh, and for since that time, it's become a staple. And that is – and it's completely different from House of a Thousand Corpses – Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes, 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 yes. yes. (laughs) That is, yeah, that's
0: my short list as well. (laughs) It's
6: such a great, I mean, it's such a great movie. Uh, I love Abbott and Costello anyway, but what's awesome about the monsters are all played straight. They're not trying to be goofy. The monsters are the monsters and all the comedy comes from uh, Abbott and Costello. And I just think it's a, it's a, it's a great Halloween movie. It's awesome. Yeah.
5: yeah, that's one. That's one. My my dad, you know, bless bless my parents. They made me watch black and white movies as a kid, even if I kicked and screamed. And that was one that everyone could agree on because it had the monsters. It had the funny. Like I I watched every year too, Colin. It's it's yeah. it's a masterpiece. Honestly, it's probably one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, you know, and and uh, rightfully deserves to be in the conversation on our our sixteen pick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's in rotation in our house every Halloween as well. So yeah. Right on, and Colin, you've got two picks here. You got to pick back to back. Um, We're going with your third pick. It'll be the first pick of the third round.
6: All right. Um, Huh. Uh, I'm I'm torn on what to to say. I thought well, I didn't think these would be picked. I'm going to pick a movie that I'm maybe you guys haven't seen. I don't know. Um, I'm going to pick a movie called uh, it's it's called Hellions from 2015. Do you guys know that movie? Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a weird little movie about uh, a, 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 a teenage girl who find out finds out she's pregnant. And on Halloween night, she is tormented by these masked trick or treaters that keep coming to the house uh, and uh, are up to just no good. And uh, there's I mean, it's heavy supernatural weirdness. It's a dark uh, it's it's a dark, twisted movie, and uh, I think it's uh, the, these these uh, these monstrous trick or treaters trying to get this girl's unborn, unborn child is kind of a it's. It, there's something about that movie that creeps me out in a big way, and it has that Halloween vibe. Awesome.
4: Yeah, and Robert Patrick's in that too, right?
6: Yeah, he's the sheriff.
4: Yeah, I was, yeah. it's been a while since I've seen it, but I really remember liking it. I was kind of surprised because it. I remember when it came out, a lot of people that I sort of see like online weren't really reviewing it that favorably, and you know, for me, that always piques my interest. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm just like, oh, huh, okay, well, let me see what's going on here. Um, and I was kind of surprised because I remember the the gal who's sort of at the at the center of it, and I'm looking over really quick. Uh, Chloe, uh, Rose, like, I yeah, I think that's a great pick. I love I love sort of a deep cut there.
6: Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, to read me, for part of it is I watched it on Halloween. I uh, just, I mean, I guess probably just a couple, I mean, three, four years ago. So right after it came out, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that was the perfect time to watch it too. But uh, yeah, and it was a movie I knew nothing about going into it. So it was, uh,
0: I dig it. Right on. Very good. Good pick. good Like you said, deep cut. All right, Heather, let's go to you for your third pick. What have you got for us?
4: All right. Well, I'm going to go with a, a recent film as well. Um, I don't know if this is going to screw up anybody's plans, uh, but I am going to go with uh, 2018's Hellfest. Ah, it's yeah. on my
6: list. But yeah, that's an awesome.
4: Oh. Yeah, because I, I will be really honest. Going into that movie, I was kind of like, "There's no way." I was like, "I mean, it's set on Halloween, so that's for me is like an easy layup." And mm-hmm. I'm probably going to sort of, I'm I'm at least going to appreciate it. Um, And I came out of that movie and I absolutely had a blast. Um, And I love how Tony Todd just kind of keeps popping up throughout of it, throughout (laughs) the whole thing. And he's, he's sort of this like macabre figure. Um, And I was also, I was a huge fan of the Scream TV series. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to see Bex Taylor Klaus show up in this, Um, I was super excited about that as well. And it's got, it's like the aesthetics are perfect. Um, I I think it's one of those movies that like kids today, like it's going to probably like over time become their Halloween, um, you know, for like teens and like early twenties. Um, but I just think it's, it's done really, really well. And, uh, I, I, love it. Like it's become part of sort of our October rotation now.
5: I remember being. I remember being super fun. I've been having trouble revisiting it because, like, literally, the premise of that movie is my wife's nightmare. Like, she's totally afraid of going to a haunt <laughs> and having a killer walking amongst all the masked characters. Uh, so, it's been a hard one to, for me to like find a way to to, to go back to. But I, I, I saw it in the theater. I really enjoyed it too, Heather. So I'm, I'm excited. This it's a good inspiration and motivation to revisit it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
6: my son is 13 and this is the year he started going to haunts with me. And, uh, the other night we watched, uh, we watched a Hellfest, a, a few movies for Halloween. We watched Hellfest and he loves it. I mean, he was all in on Hellfest. He, he was really, uh, really a big fan of it. In fact, uh, I, and I'm not going to name the movies we've watched only because somebody might have them, you know, in their, right. uh, in their list, but, uh, it's Hellfest is his favorite of all the movies we've watched so far for uh for halloween
4: that's awesome i honestly that's the only regret i have that i don't have kids is that i don't have somebody to like share this stuff with them and like sort of pass on the uh, traditions of like you know watching these movies and discovering them and then becoming like their new favorites and things like that so that's really awesome
3: yeah
0: Very good. All right. Kenny, we're going to go to you for your third pick. What do you got for us? Uh,
2: In our house, another one we have to watch every year, and we only watch it around this time of the year, is The Craft.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah. Oh,
5: nice. nice.
4: Fantastic.
5: We are the weirdos, mister. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That is a favorite of ours in our house. My wife absolutely loves that movie. I love that movie, and that's one that we, now the kids are older, so now they get to come over, and they get to enjoy it with us and stuff, so. Yeah.
5: Nice. That's a good, I mean, the, the, the only thing for the craft with me is, you know, that's a year round movie for us. Like we, we can watch that any time of the year. Uh, but I do, I do love it. It's a great pick. And, uh, you know, especially, you know, spe- speaking of my wife, like seminal to her upbringing and like really important to her and, and, and because of that has become really important to me too. So it's, it's a fun movie for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yep. All right, let's go to Joe. You get your third pick and your last pick. You get two back to back. So, oh
5: my god, I can't and I can't believe. I mean, this just shows you like why you need you know, 31 plus days to watch Halloween movies because <laughs> there really are like so many great things and, and directions to go. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm going to be super basic here. Uh, <laughs> cause I still can't believe that some, some of these are still on the board, but, uh, I'm going to pick Fred Decker's monster squad. Oh yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Look, I mean, this movie is, is, it's the Goonies of Halloween, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so great. Uh, the Stephen King rules shirt is so iconic in, in our horror community. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think that, um, I, I every, you know, this is one that was on TV all the time growing up. It was a movie that got passed around on, on VHS. Um, you know, it's, it's a movie that's just, again, like, like Hocus Pocus, just, grew and grew and grew over time. You know, I thought the documentary that came out a couple of years ago that that Andre and Henry did mm-hmm. uh Wolfman's Got Nards really captured the the <laughs> magic and the spirit of just what is a really fun Halloween movie. I mean, like you speak yeah. to uh, you know, you know, you speak to Avin Costello v. Frankenstein. I mean, here's, here's kind of that same premise of taking and treating the monsters in a really, you know, uh, respectful way, but marrying them with an entirely different genre. And it works wonderfully, in my opinion.
4: It's funny because, like, I was a kid who watched a lot of, like, the old movies, like, because the Universal Classics would air on, like, our, like, we had, like, Channel 50 and Channel 66 in Chicago when I was a kid. And that's where you saw, like, a lot of classic movies or the edited, you know, versions of Carrie and things like that. But what's interesting to me is, like, the original Dracula didn't scare me. Duncan Rager as Dracula scared the crap out of me as a kid. (laughs) Who's <laughs> so good is Dracula yeah. in that movie? Um, and also just amazing effects, really fantastic performances. Uh, that was a huge one when I was a kid. I wanted to be in the monster. I mean, we all wanted to be in the monster squad. We,
5: we I mean, I mean, that's I think that's why we've all latched on the horror, right? Yes. So <laughs> we yeah, want to be in the monster squad. That Dracula, and I
6: still that scene, I remember just uh I thought it was the coolest Dracula had ever been. And the most dangerous Dracula had ever seen been to me in that scene where he's walking through the police and the police are coming up and attacking him. And he's just Mm -hmm. taking them out so easily left and right. uh, To me was the coolest Dracula has ever appeared. Uh, And it's also to me my favorite, my favorite, you know, my favorite monster being, you know, the Gill man. Uh, It's still my favorite design of the Gill man is that, that movie. Yeah,
4: that was, uh, and that was Steve Wang and uh, Matt. Um, Rose, who did that, which is incredible work.
0: That is one, kind of speaking to what uh, Colin was talking about earlier, I remember loving that movie growing up, but it had been a couple of decades since I had revisited it and when my kids, my older kids who are now in high school, but when they were younger, I was like, well, when's the right time to show them this movie that I loved so much when I was growing up? Um, so I did the, I'm going to get the DVD from Netflix back in those days and watch it ahead of time just to make sure. And that was the one at, you know, four and five years old. I was like, yeah, not yet. <laughs> we'll <get there. laughs> You're revisit those every once in a while without the kids home, uh, just to make my sure uh, my
5: my my best friend from high school. His little boy just turned five, and he's super into Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I also recognize the irony of Joe Russo talking about Marvel stuff, but here we go anyway. Uh, and he showed him the What If show. And uh, and and when they got to the zombie episode, apparently seeing all of his favorite superheroes turned into dead flesh-eating zombies just scarred him for life. And now he's worried dad is going to be a zombie. And so anyway, that's, that's a roundabout way of me saying, I think you made the right decision about not showing your kids Monster Squad at four or five years old. Yeah, yeah
3: I,
0: I just, I remember it playing as mature as it was i guess i thought it was (laughs) anyhow let's go to joe for your last pick we're in the last round so everybody's got their last picks ready joe what have you got for us
5: all right well again this might be me like cheating the system a little bit but because it's probably more of a short film than anything but like there are a couple short films that i can't not go through Halloween season without watching. And probably the, the, the one that sticks with me the most because I can relate to Linus so well is it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I mean, like I want the great pumpkin to come visit me on Halloween nights. Like I, I feel like, you know, I have to hold true my, my Halloween traditions, almost like in trick or treat. Like, you know, we've, we've really started the, uh, we won't let the pumpkin go out before midnight. You know, uh like like little things like that I feel like make Halloween and I think it's great pumpkin watching it is is one, you know, tradition that I can't not get away with, and it's not Halloween if I don't watch it at some point during the season.
0: Yeah. Nice. I,
3: that's a good choice.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, we have to watch it too. That's just
0: yeah. That's a given. Yep. All right, Kenny, your last pick. What do you got for us?
2: Oh uh, that was torn between what I wanted to do but I thought I'd mix it up and I would throw out an animated show as well and for okay. our house we uh, it, it's one we can watch any time of the year but we specifically wait till around this time and it's uh Coraline Coraline
3: right Oh uh, yeah
2: and I don't love Coraline shows creepy but cute it's super
5: creepy creepy. are you kidding
2: so (laughs) the buttons for eyes i was like whoa the kids like this because
0: my wife let watching watch when they were younger i was like and i get in trouble for stuff okay (laughs) Coraline's good Coraline's a great entry i think into that because Like we went and saw Paranorman in the theater and I ended up sitting with my daughter for the second half of it in the lobby. But I think Coraline's kind of a good gateway to like, Hey, things can be creepy and scary and spooky, but still be safe, still be fun, still be enjoyable. So I think it's a good gateway. Right on. All right, Heather, let's go to you for your final pick. What do you got for us?
4: Oh my gosh. I can't believe we only get one more. I have like 20 more. (laughs) Um, bunch. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with a little more obscure for my final one. Um, there's so many more obvious choices and it just breaks my heart that I'm not going with them, but I'm going to go with a movie that I saw as a kid that scared the crap out of me. And then I was so, it was like one of those movies, like I saw it and then it was like, it kind of left my memory for a while. And then when the Blu-ray came out about 10 years ago, I was like, oh my God, this movie, um, it just completely, um, it was sort of like unlocking all of like the, these memories. Um, so I'm going to go with the 1981. It was a made for TV movie called dark Knight of the scarecrow.
3: Oh yeah.
4: And, um, it features incredible performances from, from Larry Drake and Charles Durning. And it is so gosh darn creepy in this movie. Um, he is fantastic. And it has one of my favorite visuals. I don't often change my profile picture on Twitter. Um, Madeline Kahn lives there forever right. um, but for a few Halloweens I actually had there's a, a scene when Charles Derning comes upon a Halloween party and he's watching from the outside in and he happens to just come right behind a, a, um, sort of like a Halloween cutout in the window and it's so perfect mm-hmm. um, and it was directed by Frank uh, D. Felita, who was pretty much an author He I, I don't even know if he directed anything else beyond this um, but he was also the author of The Entity um, which is another movie that messed me up as a kid don't watch that movie as a kid um
3: yeah. <laughs> but it's so
4: good it has such a great atmosphere um and i remember like my mom having it on and it scared me and i was so heartbroken for this guy yeah. and eventually Larry drake would show up on la law because i was like a kid who watched all these grown-up programs because you watch what your parents watched right and i was like oh my gosh it was that guy um so yeah i i it's one of those movies. If you if you've never had a chance to see it, I really recommend it because it's it, it is a, a gem of a movie.
6: Yeah, i uh, I watched it when I was you know when it came on the first time, and it terrified me. Uh, and I remember being at school after it premiered, and there was almost like this mystique and this. Uh, we were all talking about the Scarecrow movie, and and over the years, it built up some sort of strange. Story that didn't even take place in the movie for me. It was just kids talking about it, and my memories of kids talking about it. And I just rewatched it uh, maybe two years ago on Blu-ray, and uh, and yeah, it it brought back a lot of memories for me of, of watching that movie. I think it's a, he is such a tragic story for the the main, you know, for the the scarecrow character, and uh, yeah, I love it. It's great.
0: All right on. Very good. Good picks. And Colin, we go to you for the last pick. This is the final pick in the draft. This is number 16, and I think we'll have time to throw a couple honorable mentions out there. But go ahead and give us your last pick.
6: So, I'm I'm ending where I start where I started. So, I'm ending with another anthology movie. Um, and this one is Tales of Halloween from 2015. Nice. Uh, it has it has 10 stories in it, and uh they're all, I mean, it that movie drips Halloween spirit, whether, you know, I'm not saying all the stories are, are big winners, but, but uh, they are all absolutely uh, dripping with Halloween atmosphere.
5: I mean, that movie was made with love by people who love the holiday and you can tell, and you know, they had no money to do it and no time to do it, but they made some of them. Some of the shorts are really, really great. Oh, and, and, uh, and, and, but you're right. Every, every, crease every fold of that movie is just Halloween personified. Yeah, for sure. I
4: I, I would have I, it would have made my list, but my my other half actually edited one of the segments, so I felt like that was <laughs> cheating a little bit. So I was like, oh, that just feels a little too insular. I think. Um. So yeah, but no, that I I was actually surprised because I'll be really honest. Like I love anthology movies, but I think I love anthology movies more that have a singular director behind them because I think they don't always work when you bring people together um, who have different visions. Cause sometimes tonally like these, those segments will kind of fight with each other, but the, the, the direct, you can feel that like everybody who worked on that movie was really working towards the same goal. Um, And it's one of the rare anthologies where you have different directors that very much works. Um, because I, I just, you know, there's other ones that have happened and that have a bunch of different directors and they're just not as successful for me, I think.
5: Yeah. I feel like she's talking about nightmare cinema
4: <laughs> Actually, I really like nightmare cinema. That was <laughs> I was like oh my god, I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I won't go into any specifics of her feelings, but it, no, it, no, might, no, it okay. might be a franchise that has a, a lot of slashes in its name. Um oh, All right, all right. Oh, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know,
5: yeah, we don't need to get we don't need to get negative here. We're being positive. So. Exactly. Right.
4: Yep, yep. yep.
0: <laughs> all right. So, just a quick recap then, of the picks that we've made uh, Colin's picks were Trick or Treat Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein Hellions and Tales of Halloween Heather went with Halloween, the 1978 original, House of a Thousand Corpses, Hellfest, and Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Kenny went with The Frighteners, The Crow, The Craft, and The Coraline. I had to throw a the in there because you had every other Z Very the. nice. And Joe <laughs> went with Hocus Pocus, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the animated uh, Disney version, Monster Squad, and It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. What did we leave on the table that has to be mentioned?
5: Oh man, you know, I you know, one for me was I went back and forth a lot about this, but Sleepy Hollow, uh the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. That's that's become a real perennial for me ever since I saw it. It took me a little bit to like rectify my relationship with it versus um, you know, the, the Disney cartoon, but like right. I love it. I mean, it's 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 a fun little procedural written by Evan, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew Kevin Walker and, and directed by Tim Burton. And the visuals are just, I mean, it's like a live action Nightmare Before Christmas, like pumpkins everywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's great to me.
0: Yeah. Both uh, of those films, we yeah. start in October and we finish up around Christmas and both of those can fit just anywhere in there, between you know, this, you know Sleepy Hollow and uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and, and both oh yeah, Nightmare so. I
5: Before Christmas. They go back and forth. as like, is it a Christmas movie? Is it a horror mo- or a yeah. Halloween movie? But like, I try to watch it as the last possible thing I can watch in Halloween. Like, so it's like to me, it's my bridge to Christmas.
3: Uh. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I, it's funny because everybody always talks about the the, the, the the sort of back and forth as to whether or not what holiday that movie is all about. Um And we always see the arguments and the articles that start to come up about it. And I have to say, I haven't seen that yet this year. And I'm kind of surprised because we're almost in the middle of October at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, we're not having this debate this year like it is a Halloween miracle. I'm so excited.
5: It's a, it's, a, it's an off anniversary year for the movie. Give it give it another year or two and I think it'll be back in full force. Miracle?
6: That sounds like a Christmas movie to me.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think for me I it was really tough because um I really wanted to, you know, cause I mentioned how Rob Zombie does a lot of sort of Halloween themed movies. And I, I really struggled with, do I put house thousand corpses or do I go with Lords of Salem? Because mm-hmm. for me, Lords of Salem has quickly become um, a mainstay here as well. Um, and when you talk about devil's rejects being his masterpiece, I do think I devil's rejects for me is my number one Rob Zombie movie, but I'll tell you Lords of Salem is like 1.5 now, because every time I rewatch that movie, Um, I just, it, it, it seeps deeper into me and there's just something so beautiful and grotesque and then inherently sad at the end. Like, I don't know what it is. It's the only Rob Zombie movie at the end where I'm like, I actually get really emotional. Um, because it's just, it's the sad story of this woman who's, you can't fight fate and no matter what she does, um you know this this thing is going to happen to her and ultimately any movie that sort of recognizes the fact that like somebody's going to be leaving behind their dog because of some horrific right. oh, yeah. twist of fate i'm just like <laughs> but what about her doggy? Um, uh, so that one makes me super emotional and i will say too because I, I love that you mentioned um that when we talked about hellfest like doing extreme haunts and stuff because haunts was another one that i sort Haunt of is good yeah best. That's it's a little funny. nastier and it's a little more in your face, um, but I think it's really great. And it's one that I just saw finally last year. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is really fun. I was, again, I wasn't expecting to kind of fall into it as much. So I think that's you, another you know what's one. So funny
5: is I saw hot super early because we had, uh, we had Beck and woods on postmortem, uh, f- you know, and, and Mick wanted to see some more of their work and they had just finished the movie. So we got to screen it like, Eight months earlier, something crazy like that. And so I ended up seeing Haunt before I saw Hellfest. Uh, so like, it it almost like, I think, like, weighted the movies in the opposite direction for me. Uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting how just, you know, it is, it is grislier, it is much darker. It's not as, as fun per se as Hellfest, but like, it was, I think maybe just seeing that premise play out first kind of, Maybe, maybe took a little wind out of the sails for me for health tests, but I, I like them both. You know. Yeah. It was
6: it was on my list of possible things to mention, and then when you mentioned Hellfest, I said, "Well, I won't mention Haunt at all because they're so similar." <laughs> right. um, but Haunt is That's, just, that's just good podcasting.
3: <laughs> I just, just
6: watched. I just watched that with my son as well. We watched Haunt and Hellfest like on two different nights. Again, I guess I was trying to terrorize him for actually going to a haunted house with me, but uh, and he he really liked it as well. I think Hellfest edged it out just slightly, probably because it's a little more fun. Like you said, Joe, it's, it's a little more fun, but he liked them both quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so I I'm actually a little ashamed of myself because as we were just talking, I realized there's one that I probably should have mentioned as one of my four picks and I didn't. Uh, and I just wrote it down because it just hit me like a lightning bolt and that's pumpkin head. There's, uh, I, I am shocked that I did not mention pumpkin head as
4: one of my four. <laughs> and that movie scared, like, scarred me as a kid because my mom's nickname for me was Pumpkinhead because I had <laughs> <heard> sort of, like, <laughs> like reddish blondish hair, so she always called me Pumpkinhead. And then there was this movie that, like, scared the bejesus out of me it's with so this fun. huge, grotesque creature, and I was like, oh... Okay, it was like, is that what she thinks of me? Um, <laughs> that's that's, uh,
5: that's kind of like how I, I I ever since I saw the trailer I started calling my dog the Babadook. And, uh, <laughs> I say I say it a lot in, pu- in public. i like, I'll be like Babadook, come here, and then people will look at me like, like, why do you call this cute little dog a Babadook? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that uh,
6: Pumpkinhead to me is just it's it's so, such a pretty movie. The way you know everything's through those great filters and it's set in the backwoods backwoods which i have an affinity for sure. and uh, and i think the monster design is just uh is unbelievable
0: something, yeah something special
5: yeah yeah one of the one of the best creature designs i think from the 80s for sure yeah, yeah.
0: how about you kenny do you have any
5: on your list that you need to bring
0: up i had several
2: but I, one that i've ever since i was a little kid watching the old black and white werewolf movies and stuff like that um the uh, american werewolf in london Oh, yeah. one that i remember seeing as a little kid i wasn't supposed to see it i was in we were at the drive in i was supposed to be sleeping in the car but i remember <laughs> no. the the kids my age that did get to see it for whatever reason they it scared them it terrified them for me it didn't terrify me i the special effects were so to me at that age incredible i thought they were turning into werewolves. It was was that good being, you know, again, being young, watching it now. It's, you know, special effects aren't that great. But back then it was amazing. And it just, it kind of fueled a thing for me to, uh, a lifelong session with special effects and how do they do stuff and everything like that. So it, that's a movie that I don't mind watching over and over again just because it brings back those good memories.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing that you guys didn't mention that would have probably been my number one pick, um, but it's probably more for personal reasons. I have a, a October wedding anniversary, and the it just so happened when my wife and I the first. Date, not date, because you know, when you're kids, it's date, but it's not a date. Uh, We watched Young Frankenstein yeah and then um, on the uh, night yeah, before sure. our wedding we got a dvd player and we bought a dvd of young frankenstein and so it has become a perennial like hey you know our anniversary is on the 20th so this time it's the year we always watch it and the kids are to the point where they can quote it now and they're kind of sick of it a little bit and we're like no no that's a good thing Yeah, it's, it's one of those you know shared way the love language i guess in our household because we can say it and every you know everybody riffs on the the lines and stuff but i think that's the only taffeta
5: darling taffeta yeah, yeah that's, that's that, is, that is that is <laughs>
0: one with yep that's
5: one with my wife and I too and uh, no that movie means so much to me and actually in college I wrote a paper. Uh, we when we read Frankenstein, I wrote a paper arguing why Young Frankenstein is actually the most faithful adaptation of the book. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could go find that paper; it'd be really funny to like revisit it. But, but uh, um, but yeah, no, I, I adore Young Frankenstein. I adore all the Frankenstein movies. I mean, actually, one of my favorites of the original run is Son of Frankenstein.
4: Yes, is, I actually think is, Son of Frankenstein is probably the most connected to Young Frankenstein yeah, in a way.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, I mean, Young Frankenstein. Is literally spoofing on, uh, on Son of Frankenstein and, and I love both of those movies they're like two sides of the same coin and uh, no I mean I think Young Frankenstein is I, you know I think it's Mel Brooks best movie by you know yeah. by head and shoulders I, I just love it uh, Yeah, yeah it's awesome
0: Well, guys, I appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Let's talk just a little bit about where folks can find you, what you guys have going on. We'll start with Heather because Heather's book dropped this week. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, because I know Kenny was talking special effects, but let's kind of go to the expert here. Heather, tell us a little bit about the book, how the book came together, kind of your passion, how your love of uh, special effects got started. Magic, monsters, makeup, the whole nine yards.
4: Yeah. uh, It's funny that you mentioned American Werewolf in London because that was actually one of my very first sort of memories of being in a theater. Cause I was, my mom, I grew up with a single mom in the eighties, which meant like she didn't always have money for a babysitter. So I just went to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, she took a three-year-old to go see an American mm-hmm. werewolf in London, um, which I don't recommend. It's, <laughs> it's not a, a pr- appropriate for toddlers. Um, but I remember like th- so that was kind of like where it all started. But for me, the, my big obsession with special effects, I mean, like I I just fell in love with monsters and things like that at a very early age, but I became sort of obsessed with this idea that there was people behind them. It was when Michael Jackson's Thriller came out and they had a VHS tape that had the music video, which I think to this day, I still have trouble watching that final shot where he turns and his eyes are yellow. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's just like sort of a thing where like, it's so ingrained in me where I'm like, it's still like, it's really unconcerting, like where you're like, Oh no, like this is going to stick with me. Um, But after you watch the music video, they had this behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. like sort of mini documentary where it's like, you're, you're watching Rick Baker and his whole team and they're, you know, transforming Michael Jackson, but then they're also doing all the zombies and everything everything like that. And it was the first time I realized it, it broke a little bit of, of, I'm going to say this because of your t-shirt, a little bit of the kayfabe of horror for me, (laughs) because I was like, Oh wait, people make this stuff. And I was like, that's super cool. And so, you know, I think most of us we've ended up falling in love with horror because of the characters and the creatures and, and things like that. And so when I moved out here into, I moved out to LA in 2009, one of my very first jobs wasn't a special effects shop and it gave me like my first taste of like really sort of what pro- what production was like and things like that um but i realized like from there and and on um that nobody really talked to special effects artists about anything but like how they made stuff right and i remember i used to do this this celebration on the different sites that i've worked for uh called stan winston week because one of my earliest memories was like being terrorized by the Terminator. And huh. I, you know, so I always wanted to kind of pay homage to Stan and the the crews that he worked with, especially his lifers, because he had people who came into that shop and basically they stayed there until Stan passed away. Um, and I realized like, as I was talking to people and I started talking to them more about who Stan was as a person. And I began to realize, like, you know, Stan was really known as, like, the sort of the businessman of special effects. Like, when mm-hmm. you look at sort of the modern heyday of it, like, Rick Baker came in as the artist. He was the premier artist. Right. But Stan was the business guy. He was the guy who was out there fighting for special effects artists to get the credits that they deserved. Um, him and Rick together, they, you know, petitioned to add makeup and hair to the Academy Awards. Um, and, And then I started hearing these stories like from artists like Howard Berger, who like discovered Stan shop was down the street from him as a kid. And so he always wanted to visit, but Stan wouldn't let him come visit. Um, unless he could bring his report card and show him that he got all A's. Right. And Howard didn't get good grades. He wasn't allowed to come visit until the next quarter. And he could show that he had made improvements. And it was just like, one of those things where I was like, Oh my gosh, that's like really interesting. And, So I got more into it and I realized, you know, so many of these artists out there, like nobody's really talking to them about this stuff. And, you know, so basically in 2016, I set out to do this and I had a first book that came out in 2017. Um, I didn't totally love the release for it. The publisher itself, like, didn't tell me the book had come out. It was kind of, I just sort of deflated my excitement over it. But I was, I collected these 20, initial 20 interviews, but then they sort of kept rolling from there. And ultimately, like I was like, oh, now I'm at fifty. Okay, now I'm at sixty. Where okay, what do I do with this? Um, and there was an iteration where I, they were actually um, I had been working with Fangoria back when they were going to be when they were doing publishing and this was mm-hmm. going to come out through them. Um, but then they sort of re you know sort of reconfigured everything last year. Yeah, and ended up getting hooked up with my new publisher through uh, the assistant for Robert Kurtzman um, because Robert I think is doing a book with them as well. And I think for me, it was just like, you know, as fun as it is to hear the sort of behind the scenes stories from Hollywood and the inspirations from the artists themselves, like I, I wanted it to be something where like, even if you don't have that much of an interest in special effects or horror, like I still wanted people to come away from it feeling inspired, like that they could do anything that they wanted to do, because so many of these people have such unlikely stories on how they got their start and how they ended up in the industry um and for me it's like I've, I've now uh volume one is out um which features 20 interviews we've got three more volumes coming um and i've talked to over 80 artists and the, the the most striking thing to me is like no two stories are the same like i would say you know most people got there because of their love of monsters and things like that but ultimately the paths were always different and i was you know, initially kind of concerned, like, Oh, am I going to be repeating myself? And I also didn't want to do a book where it was like 80 interviews with like a bunch of, you know, old white guys either. So I wanted to like get different stories. So I went to artists from around the world, you know, I was able to catch up with screaming mad George in Japan. And I talked to David Marti out of Spain who won an Oscar for Pan's Labyrinth. Um, I've been able to talk to a couple of the um, Italian masters, which One, I was really glad because um, I had talked to Gianetto De Rossi like maybe two months before he passed. And to me, that was like, when we lose these folks, we lose that little part of history. Um, And there's been people who I've was after for interviews who have passed in the meantime. And it makes me really sad as a fan where I'm like, oh my gosh, we've lost this now. Um, And, you know, and then also in this first book, we have somebody who I interviewed who then ultimately did pass away a few like a year later um so for me it's just really about preserving the legacy and the careers of, and the lives of these folks who really give us gave us so much to enjoy and you know for most of us are the reason we fell in love with the genre um, so yeah, it's been a really, really long road, like five and a half years. Um, you know, everybody jokes like, Oh, are you going to do more of these? Like after you're done, I was like, I think I'm gonna take a little bit of a break. Cause this <laughs> has been so all consuming for so long. Um, and I actually do have a couple other book projects that I'm already working on, um, outside of this sphere. Um, but I just, I, I pinch myself. Like, I can't believe that like i got to do this like i still think of like little me who was getting in trouble for drawing fright night posters in second grade and like she got to talk to the people who worked on that movie and i i just it's still so surreal to me but it's been a real gift as a fan um and i and i told you know when i was sending an email out to like everybody who's in this first book and i was like you know guys i'm like for me ultimately this book can't exist without you. It can exist without me, but it cannot exist without you. This isn't like, it's cool. My name's on the front, but ultimately I just want these folks to be able to be celebrated the way that they deserve.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right on. So check that out again. We've got a direct link in the episode description so you can go right online and buy that. Uh, absolutely. I, it, it seems I I've seen some feedback and it looks like it's getting, uh, the right reviews from the right people, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I, I was
4: really kind of shocked also to how big it ended up being. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, cause I, the, when I did the first book in 2017, I was like, okay, it was like 300 and some odd pages. And this one is 500. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what did I do? Uh, but also that does come with one of the interviews in the first book um, is Tony Gardner, who is an amazing human being beyond being an amazing artist. Um, and, he alone, we spent five hours on the phone. And like, how do I cut out stories of him, like breaking into the universe a lot with like an ET that he made so he could try (laughs) to trick his way into Steven Spielberg's office. Like, how do you cut stuff like that out? And I just couldn't. Um, so yeah, it's, it is a whopper in a, of, of a release. And my goal is like, how do I live up to that with the next three, but I'm going to try.
0: Right on. Very good. Colin, what do you got going on? Is there anything? Do you have any? Currently, have any uh, crowdfunding projects that are live right now as we as we speak, or are you kind of in between, or where are you at right now?
6: So uh, I don't have any that that I'm running, um, but Outland Entertainment is running uh, a Kickstarter for uh, Dragon Ring Number mm-hmm. One, um, and Dragon Ring is a uh, it's a comic that came out in the the late '80s, and uh, and it was something that meant a lot to me back in in those days. Uh, as one of the first sort of indie books that I that I uh, that I really got into, um, and now I'm writing as this new iteration of Dragon Ring for Outland, and we're going to be doing this big shared multiverse that's encompassing several different uh, uh, titles that we're revisiting and reviving, um, and Dragon Ring's the first step in that. So that's 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 actually on Kickstarter right now um so uh that's out there and then you know other than that i've got a lot of you know i've, I've got a number of books that are currently coming out i have the last book you'll ever read from vault mm-hmm. uh that's uh that's coming out uh right now uh basilisk from uh from boom is is coming out right now both you know are are horror horror themed, you know, comics of different, you know, different sorts. And then really for Halloween, uh, the book that I would, I would definitely point people to that I have out that right now is The Ghoul Next Door. Uh, And it's a, it's a middle reader graphic novel. It is written for kids, but it is a horror story. I mean, it's, and it's about a a kid who finds out that there are ghouls living in the cemetery that's next to his house. And, uh, and he befriends one of these ghouls. Uh, And they go on numerous misadventures through their town and into the underworld. Uh, It's written for kids. Uh, Spooky adults will like it as well. Um, It is it's a fun book. Uh, A sequel is coming out, uh, I guess, next year. We just uh, Cat Ferris, the the amazing artist on the book, just wrapped up, I think this morning, (laughs) just wrapped up all the art for book two. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, if, if you have a kid who likes sort of spooky stories, um, or you are a kid at heart who likes spooky stories, this is the book for you. There's a, there's, you know, it's a, like I said, it, even though it's for kids, I didn't, I wanted it to be a horror story, uh, that kids could enjoy.
0: Right on. Now, did I, maybe I'm misremembering, were you a part of the Mad Cave Studios anthology, Halloween anthology book as well this year?
6: Yeah, I had a, I had a story in it. Um, that's the one that's all based on, uh, on fairy tales and right. grim fairy tales. And yeah, I had a, I have a, a 20 page story in that. That's uh, that's based on um, it's based on a fairy tale. To be honest, I wasn't super familiar with the artist on the story told me about it and we just, uh, it's called the, the devil and his granddaughter. Uh, so our, it's sort of a modern take on this, uh, this sort of obscure, more obscure Uh, fairy tale uh that's that's pretty grim to begin with and we just made it more we just made it a little darker and more grim
0: right on yeah we uh we we like the mad cave guys we've had mark and them on a few times so right sure yeah and joe what have you got going on
5: oh man uh you know i'm i'm i uh, found a book a couple years ago and uh the movie's actually shooting right now um I'm i'm a I'm a producer on it. Um, It's Peter Farley's next movie. It's called The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Uh, And that stars Zac Efron and Russell Crowe. So I'm kind of still a little starstruck that I'm (laughs) even attached to that project in a small way. Uh, But that's that's pretty exciting. And that's shooting in Thailand. Uh, And I'm in post-production on a script i wrote that was featured on the the blood list um it was that's that's like the best horror scripts of the year that execs vote on and um alejandro brigades directed it at uh netflix uh, which was really fun to reunite with him because we did nightmare cinema together and uh i saw a cut of it last week and it's super fun um and uh you know hopefully it'll be out sometime i think it's either like summer or fall next year so i'm excited for people to to see what he, you know, r- he wrought from my screenplay. So
0: <laughs> right on. I think other than Kenny and I, everybody's got something streaming right now for the holiday season as well. So it, it, the empty man is streaming on HBO max, uh, yeah. uh, nightmare cinema streaming on shutter, uh, in search of darkness, part, volume two, part two is uh, streaming on shutter as well. In case anybody uh, was a part of that, that didn't mention it. Heather.
4: Yes, I was. Also,
5: you can see a t-shirt I bought Mick that he's wearing in, uh, in Search oh, okay. for <laughs> There you go.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, again, guys, I know you guys are all busy. I know it's a busy time for, of year for everybody. So uh, we can't thank you enough. We appreciate it by taking the time to be a part of this day. I hope you guys had a good time. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get together and do this again another time. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank Absolutely. You. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, so thanks again to Heather, to Colin, and to Joe for joining us for that. Uh, Yeah, some some fun picks, some movies that we all know, some movies maybe that uh, you haven't heard of before or haven't seen in a while. So... Be sure to check those out. If you need inspiration, uh, there it is. There's an hour of <laughs> inspiration. Find a yeah. movie to watch uh, to get yourself in the Halloween spirit this year. That's was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. It is. Well, we want to know what are the movies that get you in the Halloween spirit. That's our pop quiz. We're going to leave it up there for one more week. Uh, that pop quiz is live right now. You can vote on Facebook and Twitter by searching for and following us at PGTC Podcast. The pop quiz is pinned right to the top of those pages, so you cannot miss them. Or you can call and leave a message on the hotline yes you can. at 417-986-7842. We just might play your comments on an upcoming episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. I will say this. Yeah. Nobody picked the thing. Nobody picked the thing. It's not a Halloween. That it's is not it's it's, a movie that gets them in the Halloween spirit. Oh, it gets me in the Halloween spirit. There are a few <laughs> movies that are like, yeah, there's horror movies, but like they don't necessarily aren't Halloween movies. Right. There are yeah. a few of those. So, yeah. That's a whole other draft. for yeah, a whole you, other day. Yeah, because you would be saying stuff like saying. Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff like right, that. Yeah, that's like, well, not really. Yeah, it. Friday the Thirteenth is kind of a summertimey movie. Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street is kind of anything. The thing, I to me, the thing is more like uh, the thing and The Shining for me. Both are like January, February right? movies. Yeah, because it's that cold, dreary, desolate. You know, you get a good like ice over or a good snowfall, and it's like those are the movies you pop in. Then for me personally, yeah. uh, like The Lost Boys, I love that movie. It's one of my top fives. That's but, an end of summer movie well, <laughs> for me. That's, that's
2: like you know. That's why I didn't pick it. Yeah,
0: exactly. So you know, there's their movie Jaws is a, is a Fourth of July movie horror movie. Um, so yeah, there that, that's a that's another draft someday horror movies that are not Halloween movies. I think that that could be a fun draft someday. Coming up this week in entertainment and pop culture, Hasbro's PulseCon runs this Friday and Saturday. This is where it's an online event. They announce a ton of new toys featuring Transformers, Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, Star Wars, Marvel, Nerf, Ghostbusters, Fortnite, Hasbro Gaming, a whole lot more. This is kind of setting the scene for the holiday toy buying season and beyond. Some of these are, you and know. You get to hear a bunch of grown men complain about, there
2: goes my wallet, there yeah. goes
0: my bank. It's like, you don't have to buy all of <laughs> them. But if you want to. They don't mind. If, we, if you need us to set up a Pop Goes the Culture Amazon wish list of toys, Toys to buy us after the Hasbro PulseCon. We can do that. I'm excited. I'm hoping
2: there will be some cool Marvel Legends and stuff coming out. Speaking of
0: toys, did you guys see what Hardy's is
2: doing? The uh, Adult Swim. The Adult Swim stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I I got uh, a meat wad. I've got uh, Pam and uh, Space Ghost. Yeah. You got I, Space Ghost? Yeah, I'll, I'll trade want. you. <laughs> he doesn't I want to trade want, it. I want uh, from Metalocalypse.
0: I want, Nathan. I I I want explosion. Explosion. Man, an explosion. If you guys explosion. get an extra Space Ghost or a Birdman, I'd take either one of those off your hands. Yeah. You, you, you for get uh, uh, Space the, Ghost. I want I, a murder face. <laughs> for the price of a Hardy's meal, I will take the Space Ghost and the Birdman off oh, your there's hands. There's a murder face in there, too? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a murder face. I don't...
2: I, I could be wrong. I think each show just has one representative because there's a robot chicken, right? And uh, I can't think of the others, but I, just,
1: I remember the shirts they were wearing, and I assumed that the, all the characters on the shirts are were what they had toy-wise.
0: so I bet we could find out, but we're not going to. (laughs) i got a picture of all (laughs) of us. Well, there you go. Get back to us on that. Uh, Also this weekend, Baltimore Comic Con, home of the Ringo Awards for comic book writers and artists, runs this weekend through Sunday. The Ringo winners will be announced on Saturday. We may have a spot for that in our top five next week. And for whatever reason, this weekend, Hallmark kicks off their Christmas movie season, All their new original films are premiering all weekend long because nothing says Hallmark Christmas movies like, uh, you know, October 22nd. (laughs) So check out that. There are people who are, you know, we laugh because, like, really, September 1st is the start of Halloween. There are people who are starting Christmas now. Yeah.
1: Well, they got two from Aqua Teen. Got
0: Frylock and Meatwad. (laughs) There you go. This Friday, so... Putting this together and recording it when we are, this this is not correct. But Dune is in theaters and on HBO Max this Friday. Actually, Dune released at 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday night. So now they've got not only are they doing it the same day that it's in theaters on HBO Max, but if you wanted to go to one of the early screenings like a Saturday night or sorry, Thursday night screening of Dune, you can actually now sit at home and watch Dune on Thursday night on HBO Max. But I'm sure it'll still take the top spot. I'm sure Denny and Lillianou loves that concept. I don't think he's thrilled about it. Unless no, not at all I think he would be more okay with that idea if they would go ahead and green light part two because this is only part of the book. It's like what the first half of the book that yeah. they filmed here. So um Yeah, I I I'm worried about this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm worried I'm not worried about this movie. I'm worried about getting a part two to finish out this book because I with everything going on, and the pandemic, and make having to make so much money to get greenlit for, the, I I worry we're not going to get a second part. I wish they had filmed this whole thing as one and then just cut and it. Released it, yeah. Cut it into parts one and two. Volume one, volume two. Would have been would have felt better about it. I'm actually going to watch it.
2: Yeah, and I'm not really a big Dune
0: fan, but I'm, i I want to watch. it. I have a feeling we'll have discussions next week on next week's episode. That'd be my guess. Yeah ron's gone wrong in theaters i like to call it little hero six is what it looks like (laughs) yep that's what this movie looks like and lock and key season two hits netflix this friday saturday is national tv talk show host day because it's johnny carson's birthday we decided to make a national holiday out of it so the question to the group who is your tv talk show host And we're all varying ages here so this could be interesting curtis how about you we'll go you first okay
1: um I know it's probably I have two of them, but okay. one main one. The runner-up I'm going to say is probably Jay Leno, okay. and I know that's not very popular uh, popular opinion. Popular opinion yeah. That's all, all right, right. It's but your opinion. Yeah, I liked Jay Leno. I even with all the bullshit that he pulled over the years with various people. Right, I always still found him funny yeah. and whatnot. <laughs> um, my number one is Conan, okay. Conan O'Brien. Like I, I watched him. Right at the young age to just kind of be like he's goofy, yeah, and then grow up with him like yeah he's he's actually kind of genuinely funny so yeah. and whatnot and I just like his weird absurd humor so
2: <laughs> right yeah. so
0: yeah right on. how about you Kenny who's your uh, talk show host
2: I, you know growing up it was you know Johnny Carson watching it with the grandparents and stuff right, right. and all that but to I hate to piggyback off him but Conan O'Brien was for me because that was you know getting into the teenage years and you know Getting stoned and blah blah blah, I'm just watching it, and yeah. just really appreciating it for what it was, you know. I I love it, and that's what stays in my head. And that's who I would pick for. They,
1: they, I was watching some clips recently, and uh, there was one where they do like mascots for different schools, and <laughs> I don't remember what school it was, but we got the something something Rhode Island Chewbacca stuck in a glory hole, <laughs> 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 and they wheel it out, and he's. Just <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of stuff you could expect from Cody, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I about think, you? I think for me, I want to say, so like you, I've got a couple. Um, I kind of, yes, Carson was always there, but that was always your grandparents' talk yeah. show host. Um, I think the first time I actually started paying attention was with Letterman. Yeah. Um, but Letterman always had, uh, for lack of a better word to describe it, a little bit of a dark, almost cynical edge to it. And it was like, that was, he, there was a lot of good stuff in there, but every once in a while it was like, he's just, you can see, he's like, you're going out in public with your ass showing kind of thing. (laughs) Like you're kind of, you're kind of being a dick here. Um, So I think my number one is the guy who took some of that absurd comedy but didn't have the cynicism and it's gonna be Conan O'Brien. So I think it's unanimous for the three of us yeah. at least that Conan O'Brien is kind of the the guy. That's our talk show host.
1: I, I would like to give a nice little shout out to Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson was fun. Yes. Ferguson was great. You know,
0: I like Craig Kilborn too. Kilborn, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Doug Kilborn. Again, yeah. another guy that had uh I think he genuinely probably is kind of a narcissist, but he played the character mm-hmm. of a narcissist really well to the point that you kind of dug some of the stuff he was doing. I think he probably has a little of that in him because you, you don't get that without having a little of that in you. Right. But at the same time, he's just genuinely fun and funny too. So, yeah. Did you guys ever see that interview Craig Ferguson did with Kate Mara?
1: No. Yeah. When, you, when we we'll get have done, look uh, that you up. have to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting Craig Ferguson was pretty funny <laughs> like again do, does Space Ghost count as uh, yeah, Space, Space Ghost, Ghost, Space Ghost, Ghost, Ghost could I, be I, Yeah, I, <laughs> could, I grew I up with Space Ghost yeah, too I yeah
0: there sure. yeah, we go I got four of them <laughs> and then this Sunday Curb Your Enthusiasm season 11 premieres on HBO holy cow Next that's Monday, crazy. the Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack launches. If you're a Nintendo Switch owner and you get the Nintendo Switch Online, that's where you pay like twenty bucks a year, and you can play all the original Nintendo and Super Nintendo titles. Uh, for if you take that up from twenty bucks a year to like fifty bucks a year, you know, no small jump, but fifty bucks a year, you get. Your Nintendo games, your Nintendo Super Nintendo games, you also get uh, a selection of Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. So if if the retro gaming on your Nintendo Switch is something you're into, uh, that might be something that's on your radar. I like a lot of the Sega Genesis games. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff in there. And I guess they're even selling now like the wireless old school shaped controllers that will work with the Nintendo Switch yeah. and stuff. So. Um, I don't know if I like them that much because those <laughs> controllers are not that they're not inexpensive when you can play them on a Switch. But, yep. uh, but, yeah, for people that are into that. Speaking of gaming, next Tuesday, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy releases on PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and the Switch. Holy cow, have they done a bunch of promotion for that. They are that is they everywhere. Are going in, yeah, with the promotion. And then on Blu-ray and DVD next Tuesday, we've got The Suicide Squad and Don't Breathe 2, both hitting Blu-ray and DVD next Tuesday. Next Wednesday is National Black Cat Day. I've got one of those. I've got two. We don't let it outside this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> it stays indoors because, I mean, it's probably like the candy bar thing. You know, check your kid's candy for razor blades. It's like check it's your not, cat for razor not blades. realistic. No, <laughs> keep your cat inside because I guess there are statistics that show that Black cats and white cats this time of year have a tendency to go missing uh, uh, because folks are taking them and doing stupid shit with them. So, oh yeah!
2: now oh, they? Good luck! You want to come after our black lot, cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come wear
0: your falconer's
2: gloves, we, and uh. we will find you laying in the <laughs> somewhere either the driveway or the
0: yard. You might make it to the street, but she ain't gonna get any further than that. There are even some shelters and stuff that like won't they won't uh, adopt out. Black cats and white cats this time of year. That's just, good. Just because people... Yeah.
2: Kind of like getting ready for the Christmas and the puppy thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Fuck and it, next people. Thursday, Star Trek Prodigy series premieres over on Paramount+. Plus. That is the new animated Star Trek series. And Horror Noir debuts on Shudder. That is a anthology. I think it's six-story anthology on Shudder.
3: Hmm.
0: Um, so those are worth checking out. Got some more stuff to watch after Creepshow. Yeah, you do. What because Creepshow's going to wrap first. up next week too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and look for a new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast next Friday in the podcast player of your choice. We'll talk a little bit more about what that might look like here in a minute. If you've enjoyed this episode or any episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast, please take a moment, leave a review on your preferred podcast player. It does not cost you a thing, and it really is one of the best ways to show your support for the show. That and word of mouth are the two best ways, really, that you can support the program. Use your mouth. Use it a lot. Use it in any way you can to support this show. Exactly. (laughs) That's going to wrap it up for today. No, no, we're done. We're going to wrap it up. That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Uh, I want to thank Kenny and Curtis for being here this week. Uh, Hopefully, Dusty will come back with some stories at least if you're not going to be be here if you're out hunting at least come back with a good hunting story when the next time you're back on the show yeah and we want to thank everybody we want to thank our special guests for joining us of course uh, heather joe and colin thanks for being a part of the show yes and thanks everybody for listening to the podcast whenever and wherever you are catching us again my name is joey mills of the pop goes the Culture podcast network we have a great network of podcasts you can check that out over at popgoestheculture.com Have a great weekend. We will catch you right back here next week for another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. We are going to kick off Halloween weekend next weekend by next episode by playing a horror themed tabletop game. We'll talk more about that next week, but that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and you'll actually be able to watch us as we play. So if you uh, want to check us out on Facebook, the YouTube channel, and Twitch, um, next week that's going to be kicking off. We're going to record the podcast. We're going to play a game. We've got cameras set up. We've got the audio set up. So you'll be able to watch as we play along. Uh, we're going to start that at 8 Eastern, 7 Central next Thursday. That would be the 28th. And you can check out that episode in your podcast player next Friday. Um, that's what we've got going on in the next week or so. And I, there's a ton of stuff here, stuff to watch, movies. If you haven't, if you're looking for something to get you in the spirit, you got a list of movies now you can check out. A uh, ton of stuff going on, but uh, that's that's what's that's what's coming up in the next week or so. Hell yeah! Until then, be safe, be healthy, be happy. We'll talk to you later. See ya. Call the hotline.
1: Stay, fr- <laughs> stay frosty.